Good uh, afternoon, evening, morning, whatever it is, everybody. Um, thank you for joining me on another episode of Round Trippers. I am your host, Austin Spiro. Uh, this is a special fantasy baseball edition of Round Trippers. I have a special guest with me today, uh, one of the hosts of the Total Bases podcast, which you can also listen to on Spotify, and they are live on Facebook Live. Um, the host Felipe Malicio is here with me. Thank you, Felipe, for joining me. Man, are you from California or something? Because you, you, you said that pretty uh, spot on my name really, yeah, really well. I am from California. What? So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, shocked. Yeah, I know. Everybody, <laughs> everybody probably messes that up, huh? Oh, man. They can't even say my first name, let alone my last name. My last name has four <laughs> syllables, and it's, uh, is it Malicio, Malesio, Malecio, Malecchio? What, I don't know. How, what, what country is that from? Uh, it's, and then Felipe, I have, I just, you know, if you would have given me a, a weird variation of Felipe, I would have just accepted it because it's just easier for me that way. So think of any variation of Felipe. I, I'll probably answer to it. I, I always tell people I have more nicknames than Jay-Z just because <laughs> I'm so, I'm so open to them. So it's just easier on me and easier on everybody else, I guess. Right. Well, I'm glad I pronounced it right. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Me. Um, if you guys have not listened to the total basis podcast before I've been listening to it for quite a while now, this they're in there. What second season Felipe? Yeah, this is uh season number two, uh, of the total basis podcast. I'm using the season format cause you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, Austin, as you'll, you'll find out soon enough on your own. And a lot of them have like, they've been on the air for so long that they're now like this is episode number 2,346. And to me, that's a large number and that's an intimidating number. Like, damn, wait, so you've had 2,000 previous episodes. So if I want to start over from the beginning, I'm not even going to bother because I'm not going to listen to 2,000 episodes of, of these right. things. So, but if you, the way I, I see it, and it's just a personal preference on my part, you could do whatever you want on your end. The way I see it, if you do it by seasons, it doesn't seem as intimidating. Like, you, oh, and, and I always, if you listen to the podcast, I'll always say, Oh, Josh Stoutman. That's a throwback to season one of the of the podcast. It just you know puts everything in 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 uh, in its proper place. Like, oh, that was oh that player you're mentioning that player against Scott Barlow. That's from season one. <laughs> We're in season two now, buddy. Get with the times. Right. It's all about Emmanuel Classe and um, who's another reliever? Uh, Matt Barnes, I guess. That's another guy. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I do it by season. Um, it's just I feel like it's easier if anybody wants to listen to. Uh, uh, previous episodes. It's easier to digest, I think. That actually does make more sense. Um, yeah, they're in season two, and um, they, they mainly talk about fantasy baseball, Felipe and his co-host, Sean Connor Flannery. Um, and I'll tell you guys, um, I'm fairly new to fantasy baseball, and I started listening to, the, to their podcast, and I attribute a lot of the success that I had last year. I think we'll get to talk about mine and, Felipe, mine and Felipe's story with the fantasy league that we were in together. Um, but once I started last year and I was really listening to their podcast and um, listening to their podcast, it really helped me be successful in my first season of playing with a lot of people that knew what they were doing. So if you're looking for fantasy baseball help, these two guys, Felipe and Sean on the total basis podcast are the way to go. Um, what before we get into our um, discussion about fantasy baseball, uh, the All-Star Game is coming up very soon, and they just announced all of the finalists um, and basically a whole All-Star roster. Um, congratulations to all of the Major League players that have made the um, All-Star uh, All team this year. 
Um, there were there were some very obvious snubs, and there was a lot of um, people that deserved it, but there was a lot of snubs. So I figured what would be fun is um, Felipe and I come up with our own uh, all-star teams, whether it was fantasy-related or just real-life related. Um, it doesn't matter which one. We're going to come up with a all-star from each position in each league. Um, and looking at it, I, it seems like Felipe and I have a very um, similar all-star team. But um, Felipe, I'm going to let you go first. Um, why don't we start off with uh, the catcher? Who did you have as the AL catcher uh, yeah. all-star? And do me a favor. Yeah, I don't have your list on my end, so I'm going to add as we go along. Also, I, have, uh, I was waiting for this episode, either this one or Dong City, to air. Because uh, I was going to be on on, uh, on the other uh, Baseball Life, uh, the Facebook group over, uh, uh, it's called Baseball Life. That's Austin mentioned that we go live. That's where we go live at the Facebook group called Baseball Life. If you haven't joined, please feel free to join Austin. That's how I met Austin. That's the whole point of this uh, social media thing, isn't it? It's just to interact and network. And, and now look at, if you would have told me a year later that this kid from California would come up to me. And, and, and befriend me of some sort. Oh, we're not actually Facebook friends because uh, you turned that feature off of your profile, I've noticed. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know what's that about. But we'll you would have told me this. <laughs> some, kid, some kid from the Inland Empire would be uh, asking me to be on this podcast a year later who's never played fantasy baseball before. I n didn't know him be before the, uh, he joined the Facebook group. And, and I would, he would have a podcast because, uh, since he joined the baseball group. I would have said you were crazy. Like, why, why would anybody go through that? But that's exactly what happened. So, uh, Austin, it's been a pleasure knowing you. I'm, act, I'm talking to you like you're dying or something else. But it's been a, it's been an actual, <laughs> absolute treat uh, uh, conversing with you uh, since you joined the group, uh, what, last year, sometime around last year. Last so. year. Thank you, Felipe. I appreciate you know, that. Likewise. Oh, man, I'm glad. to. That's why I'm on this show, because I, I like you and uh, I want to help out as much as I can. But I need you to help me with something. I need you to tell me who you have at catcher as well. And tell me who the major league, who actually made the All-Star game, who was voted in at the All-Star game. That. Awesome. So you're going to tell me, I'm going to put it on the spreadsheet that I have working here because this, uh, this is news to me, man. I was waiting either yesterday or today to find out, and I'm going to find out today. So you're going to get my, my full-blooded reaction to all of this, okay? Okay, sweet. Awesome. So your, uh, your vote for the catcher uh in al the al all-star catcher was salvador perez salvador perez i had the same salvador perez and he is the starter for the american league at the catching yeah. position so good for salvador perez he earned a unanimous vote and if uh, i may uh salvador perez if you've listened to the total basis podcast with me and sean he is one of those guys that he, we just go at it against each other because sean doesn't like him I think because he plays every day, and if, if you'll see the stats, he's a last of a dying breed, a catcher. He has like 99% of the catching share over in Kansas City. So I'm sorry. To me, that just means more opportunity for home runs, RBI runs, and fantasy baseball. Um, so, Whole, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. I think he's one of the better um, offensive producing catchers, and it's strictly because of his durability and the fact that he's out there almost every day. Um, you don't see very many catchers go high in drafts and you don't see very many catchers become qualified hitters or coveted fantasy players. And it's mainly because they only play about half the game. Salvador Perez plays more. So yeah. he's way more of a coveted catcher. Yep. Um, how about, uh, should we go to the, should we just keep the AL or should we go keep to the, the AL? Keep the okay. AL. Let's go yeah. keep AL. Uh, how about your vote for the first baseman 
on the AL side? Yeah, this is an easy one as well. Uh, he's on my fantasy team over at the Baseball Life uh, Fantasy League, and he's basically the reason why I'm in first place. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., man. He yeah, deserves I, it. It was pretty much a slam dunk. I also voted for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's also a starter on the um, American League roster, so good for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's having a very elite MVP season. It's basically – I think a two-way conversation right now between him and Shohei Otani. And if a- I may, if I may just add, uh, over, over at also the total basis, you're gonna you're gonna hear me just plug the crap out of my show just because that's oh, it's like, all good, man. Managed. That was that was the <laughs> that was part of the reason why I wanted you on here. <laughs> well, uh, the uh, what some of the other things that we talk about on the on the uh, total basis podcast is not just fantasy, but we also like to delve into real baseball as well. Some you know topics that. Uh, for lack of a better term, reality fans want to hear. Some fans aren't into that uh, whole fantasy thing. But we also like to talk about advanced analytics. It's a it's a very statistically driven show, as you know, uh, Austin. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about Vladimir Guerrero is, according to Fangraph's War, is if, if you are familiar with Fangraph's War, which is wins above replacement, fan, the, the website Fangraph's has their own calculation to figure out uh, player values. And as you know, Austin, or you may or may not know, I don't know uh, how familiar you are with War and the complicated and convoluted uh, aspect of it it's all so complicated i tried to calculate it one time it's so hard don't bother just let the computer yeah. do it for you don't but long, st- for me. <laughs> long story short they penalize first baseman well when i was doing the episode with uh, vince mercandetti again the other uh podcast over at the baseball live facebook group uh, dong city they call it uh he was the number one player in all of baseball according to war you know how rare it is for first baseman to get that love from that calculation because they penalize first baseman immensely because they figure in their calculations that first basemen who can produce offensively are a dime a dozen. They all produce, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Vladimir Guerrero is above and beyond that, that he leads everybody and wins above replacement at 4.7. Uh, that's as of, as of last week, Wednesday. Uh, uh, right now, I'm looking at Fangrass right now. It looks like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is at a 4.6 war, still at the top um, and just uh, just in front of – Shortstop for the San Diego Padres, Fernando Tatis Jr. at 4.2 Fangraphs war. Ooh, so he dropped a little bit. See, uh, the first baseman, man, they get penalized. You have a bad game. They penalize you. Uh, they, they give you uh, – uh, they don't forgive you for it. So, But yeah. he's in the lead. That, I mean, offenses are so meager that Guerrero's season is so productive and so outstanding that they got to give him the top spot. So, right. I mean, that's reason enough to vote him in, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I'm looking at Fangrass War right now, and the only other, uh, the next first sort of first baseman, I guess you want to call it, he's more of a utility guy, is Max Muncy. He's Ooh. the next. He's the next highest at 3.4 WAR, and he's 12th on in Fangrass War. So I don't, I don't know if you want to call Max Muncy a true first baseman. He's more of a utility guy, but I feel like he's been playing a lot of first base lately for the Dodgers. Yeah um so uh, while well, you're there who is the true the next guy up there uh, as a true uh first baseman true first baseman let's see um matt olson okay matt olson is 22nd in mlb in terms of Fangraphs war at 2.6 so mm-hmm. the next true first baseman vladimir guerrero is a whole two runs above replacement higher than the next true first baseman so that's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable season by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's and, and Olsen's having a fantastic year as well. He really um, is. 
and it's just not good enough according to fan graphs. So. <laughs> Apparently not. Again, first baseman, highly penalized. Yeah. Uh, let's move to second baseman in the AL. Uh, Felipe, who, who was your vote for the second baseman in the AL? Mar- Marcus Simeon. Uh, is that who you have or who do you have? I had Simeon as well. Okay. I mean, I, you know, for the Blue Jays, they did a lot of uh, big name uh, signings this offseason. Mm-hmm. Simeon was kind of like the afterthought. I think he only got a one year deal, if memory serves me correctly. Something like and, that, because he was coming off a not great season with the A's as well. Well, he's so. been as steady as it comes. He's been the best signing that the Blue Jays have had this offseason. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's one of the reasons why they're, along with Guerrero and Bo Bichette, Marcus Simeon is a, an integral part of that team's up and coming rise in the American League East over there. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that AL East is getting very, very challenging over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's the fans vote for? Uh, the van, the fans voted for Simeon. Okay. So okay. another year. We are what three for three now that makes us. Yeah. Three for three. All right. Um, next one. Uh, let's move to uh, short stops in the AL. Who is your vote for short stops? This is a close one between uh, Xander Bogarts and Carlos Correa. I went with Carlos Correa just because of uh, WRC plus. And for those who are not familiar, WRC plus is weighted runs created plus. I, I heard Austin talk about ERA plus. So I figured, Oh, this must be a safe space for me to talk about WRC plus, which is the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is a fan graphs uh, statistic. I, I, I know it. I only know it as a fan graph statistic. I'm pretty sure it, it came from somewhere else, but that's where I found out about it. I know that uh, baseball reference does not use that. They use ops plus. So for this instance, we're going to use weighted runs created plus, which basically says, okay, well, uh, doubles and triples and home runs are more valuable than singles and walks. However, uh, not everybody plays in the same ballpark and league factors are also some league eras are more uh, hitter friendly than others. So according to WRC plus, when I did this exercise this morning, uh, Carlos Correa was a 124, I believe, and Bogarts was a 122 and that was my tiebreaker. So Correa gets the nod. That was essentially mine, too, because Bogarts and Correa, they have essentially the same stats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing I was looking at was team performance, kind of are they contributing to a winning team? They're both on first-place teams right now. The weighted runs created plus was really the tiebreaker for me, too. I also had Correa. But the fans fought differently. The fans voted in Xander Bogarts as the starter for the American League in mm. shortstops. I don't have a problem with that. I'm good with that. But Correa did, in fact, make the team as a reserve. So he was voted in by the players. I'm okay with that. I don't mind. That's fine. I mean, I feel like it was – I think it's a flip of a coin, to be honest. I think you can make a case for either one to be the starter on the um, all-star team. Um, Let's move to third base. Third base. Uh, Felipe, who was your vote for the third baseman on the AL side? Again, just going based on war, just to make my life easier. And also, this is a selfish pick. He's he's the uh, my second pick in the baseball live fantasy baseball league. Uh, it's Rafael Devers. Who had, uh, go ahead? I had the same thing. I had Rafael Devers. And who do the fans have? The fans have Devers as well. Yeah, and that he's being the crap out of your Angels this week. So he, he really, yeah, he really did, um, and he still is um, not very happy with that but i kind of expecting it going in with as bad of pitching as they as they were having right now um, <laughs> when you look at fan graphs in terms of fan graphs war um and then you filter it out to shortstops uh devers is leading all mlb shortstops in third war, baseman or third baseman i'm sorry third baseman oh. in war with 3.4 war and then 
Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians is second with, with a three war. Um, we talked about weighted runs created plus. He's also leading all third baseman with weighted runs created plus at 146. So I think wow. it is, yeah, I think it's pretty easy to see that Devers is having a really great season. Um, and with that, the fans also voted Devers as the starting third baseman. And I was listening to, uh, sorry to cut you off there, but before I forget, because I'm an old man here, uh, MLB Tonight was having, they were talking about your guy, Devers, uh, and as they were talking about him, he hits a home run to right field off of Dylan Bundy, but that's not why. They mentioned, uh, I think it was Amsinger, Greg Amsinger, who mentioned, hey, you know, you know, guys, you, you, you might see a Hall of Famer here, a Hall of Famer in the making. I, I know it's a little early, but, you know, uh, the way he's been hitting and, the, and he's just going to get all the chances – you might see a Hall of Famer first ballot for real. And, and, and Dan Plesek and Harold Reynolds all agree with them. Hey, you know, so, uh, so, yeah, future Hall of Famer Rafael Devers is on the market here. That was, uh, that was actually a really good impression of Greg Singer. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, I've been working on it. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's too early to tell. I don't really like comparing players and trying to tell if they're a Hall of Famer or not this early in their career. But, I mean, he's certainly having a very good season. Um, I think I, um, I, was, I was listening to the Angel game, actually, and I agreed with um, the commentators on the Angel game where if it wasn't for Vladimir Guerrero and Shohei Otani, um, and the, as special of a season as they were having, yeah. Devers probably could be in the thick of a conversation of MVP this year in terms, mm -hmm. for the AL. Yeah, I mean, he's on a winning team and a very tough division. It, it, yeah. it, East Coast bias, as you know, from a California kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I think this is where um, Felipe and I are going to see a little bit of difference. And we're going to see a lot of difference, I think, in the fans, um, the outfield for the AL. Um, Felipe, why don't you go ahead and start off with uh, – go with all three of your outfielders. Yeah, yeah I think um, that's the best yeah. way to go about it. And uh, I'll go lightning lightning round here. Cedric Mullins the second, uh, finally healthy, uh, producing. We've been waiting for him to do something with a really bad Orioles team. He's finally putting it all together this season. I think he deserves to get the recognition for that. Joey Gallo, uh, I think his batting average is above 220, so that's a miracle in itself. Can you double-check that for me, please, uh, while I talk about this? But, yeah uh, – who doesn't want to see Joey Gallo in Colorado, though? I mean, I mean, with as much power as he has, it's going to be insane. I mm. kind of wish he would be in the – is he in the home run derby yet? I don't think I, he's in the home run derby yet. I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't look at these things. Uh, I, I like to be surprised at these things, so I, I don't really That's check. Uh, so. Matt Olson actually just signed on. He's going to be in the home run derby as well. Wow. Yep. Oh, boy. Here we go. This is this just got interesting. Yeah. Uh, Joey Go Gallo, I just looked it up. Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo has a 233 average at the moment. Hey, that's a miracle in itself. Right? Yeah, but the, uh, the strikeout percentage of 31 and a half percent. Yeah, that's amazing. Ooh, that's <laughs> not good. But you know what? How many times is he walking, though? Uh, his walk percentage is 19.2%. You'll take it. You'll yep. take it. That's a pretty damn good uh, walk per strikeout ratio. You'll take it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and uh, the last guy, Aaron Judge, uh, probably the bright spot in a very disappointing Yankee team. They were my World Series uh, AL representatives for the 2021 season. Looking back, I might have gone to vanilla there, but uh, I can't. It's not Aaron Judge's fault. I can tell you that much. Oh, no. I, whole, I mean, he's healthy. Um, mm -hmm. He's staying on the field. And uh, I feel like he's getting on base more. I feel like he's not striking out as much. He's, he's, uh, He's definitely walking more. Um, in fact, right here, let's see. He's at a 13% uh, 
uh, walk percentage and a 25.8% strikeout percentage. So the mm. strikeout percentage is still high, but I mean, you're seeing double digit percentages in walks. So he's getting on base more. And I think that that and the fact that he's staying on the field is really proving to be good for him. He's, he's, he's having a good season. Another improvement for Aaron judge, if I may really quick, uh, when I was checking this out last week, he's uh, making more contact outside the strike zone too, which mm -hmm. I thought I would never see the day where he would actually post a respectable percentage outside the strike zone in terms of contact. So right. all of that is uh, going in his favor. Unfortunately, it's not working out for the Yankees for whatever reason. Oh, it is not. They're having a very disappointing offensive season. Their pitching isn't bad, but their offensive season is really not that great. Yeah, it's um, awful. I, I talked about it uh, last week. How yes, you did how the uh, Yankees are the, really the only bright spot offensively is Aaron Judge. Everybody else is below average or average in terms of, um, in terms of their production, weighted runs, created plus all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so um, anyway, moving on, my votes for the outfield for the AL is Cedric Mullins, oh. um, uh, Aaron Judge. Okay. Um, and – the only difference between you and mine is I have Michael Brantley. That's fine. Um, I think uh, – who, who was the one that was different between you and I? Michael Brantley. Brantley, and who did you have besides Oh, Brantley? I'm sorry, uh, Joey Gallo. So oh, Texas. Joey Gallo. Um, so, Texas thing. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I really I – I think it's a little biased because he's on my fantasy team, um, the one that I'm on. Um, he's producing, um, he may not have as much power as Joey Gallo does, but he does get on base. And I feel like he's producing more runs, um, whether he's scoring it or, you know, so I feel like even though he doesn't have as much power, he's making up for it and getting on base. Um, I'm okay with that. You know, so I, I love, I, my, I love Michael Brantley. So it's, yeah. it's, it's all good with me. So the fans, uh, a bit, admittedly, I think this is a bit controversial, um, the starters for the AL are Mike Trout, mm -hmm. um, which I feel like I love Mike Trout. He's one of my favorite players, but I feel like that was popularity contest because he's been gone for what a month, month and a half now. Yeah. Um, won't be back till the all-star break. So Mike Trout, Aaron judge gets the starting nod and Oscar Hernandez of the Toronto oh. Blue Jays. So the Canadians are coming out big for their guys. <laughs> yes. is what I'm hearing. Yep. Um, but your boy, Joey Gallo did make the reserves. Okay. As did Michael Brantley. Cool. Yep. Uh, along with Adolis Garcia of the Texas Rangers made the mm. reserves. So they were, uh, all those three were voted in by the fans. I'm not, or the players. Not so sure oh. about the Adolis Garcia pick. But I don't like it. I, I don't, I don't, I think there were other people you could have had on there, but it is. It's, I'm sorry. Is Hernandez really having a good season? I've been avoiding him all year long because I really don't care about him. But is he really having that good of a season? Or I, I, is... I mean, I haven't really heard anything about his season. And I'm not really finding him on fan graphs in terms of the outfielders. So I don't know how great of a season he's having. If he's... Right, I'm on it. I'm on it. Uh, he's hitting 294 with a 335 on base percentage and 475 slugging. So it's a decent season, but it's not the greatest season. Uh, 11 home runs, 47 RBI, and five stolen bases. I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, here he is. He's In terms of Fangraph's war, he's 35th among all outfielders <laughs> with a one war. So I don't blame Blame, blame Canada. Yeah. It's just, what are you doing, Canada? Come on now. 
Come on, um, Kevin. I really, I really think I really think Mark Canna got snubbed. I think he yes. A. I think we'll talk about him a little later in the podcast. I think he really deserved a nod for the All-Star game, but he didn't. Um, let's go to DH. Let's go to DH for the AL side. I think both of us had the same pick, but go ahead. Um, it, it's Shohei Otani, uh, which is really remarkable because designated hitter, like DH only hitters, was pretty loaded this year with Jordan Alvarez, J.D. Martinez, Nelson Cruz. I'm missing a couple of other guys. That's how loaded it was this year. And Otani just obliterates their production at this point. So I I think in the last two weeks, I think 14, I think if I remember correctly, 14 of his last 20 hits um, prior to yesterday's game were home runs. So, I mean, he's just hammering a cover off the ball right now. Um, I, I mean, I think this is a slam dunk in terms of ALDH. I have Shohei Otani as well um, starting. And so do the fans. The fans uh, voted in Shohei Otani as the DH. And Shohei Otani makes history um, as being the first player in MLB history to be voted into the All-Star game as both a hitter and a pitcher. So good for Shohei. It's quite remarkable. Yep, it really is. Um, and just voted in by the players for DH uh, was both J.D. Martinez and Nelson Cruz. So, oh, wow. Yep. Man, so they, 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 they snub my guy Jordan, man. What yep, the hell? They snub Jordan. I was, I was kind of surprised they didn't do Jordan, but, I mean, Nelson Cruz, the ageless wonder, he's been producing even though he's getting older and older. He's what? He's over 40 now, I, would, I think, isn't he? The drugs help, man. Just do drugs, kids. <laughs> yep. Just do them. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's move to – you want to go to pitching or you want to stay offensive? Uh, let's do starting pitching and uh, right. reliever there. Starting pitching, uh, your ace for the AL so far is? Garrett Cole. Uh, and this was uh, something that I, of a struggle for me because apparently Nathan Ovaldi uh, is the best pitcher according to uh, Fangraph's war. Whatever. But I'm not going to <laughs> – I'm not going to put Ovaldi over Garrett Cole – anytime this season so it seems like Garrett Cole is the ace of the American League uh do you have an ace over there I do have an ace and um it's going to be interesting off of your comments because I have Nathan Eovaldi over Garrett Cole oh wow yeah um you know I was looking at fan graphs and yeah he's higher in fan graphs war but he really seems to be struggling ever since the sticky substances thing came out now I'm not going to point figures <laughs> and say it's the spider tack but lately <laughs> the Garrett Cole standards, he's been struggling, and I feel like Nathan Eovaldi has kind of reemerged as one of the more premier pitchers in the AL. So um, looking at this season collectively, I voted for Eovaldi. All right, that's fair. Uh, uh, now the fans don't get to vote for pitchers. That's a manager's decision. Yes. Should so, we just skip that part? Yeah, of the... we'll just skip that part. I mean, six or seven pitchers made the uh, – made the all-star team, but that's coach's decision. So yeah, it is. Uh, Uh, Reliever. The reliever, your relief ace for the AL is Matt Barnes. Uh, He's the big reason. One of the big reasons why the Red Sox are where they are this season in first place of that very tough division. He's a big part of it. They solidifying that bullpen, which has been shaky the last year or so. Yes. He's pretty much solidified, and everybody else can just concentrate on their own roles. Adam Adovino was a good signing as well. I know that he was battling for a closer, but Matt Barnes is proving why he is the 
ninth inning guy for the Red Sox this year. Yep, I wholeheartedly agree. I think Matt Barnes had as having a fantastic season. Although I have somebody else in oh, mind. Um, just you know, just it's really really close. I voted for Ryan Presley of the Houston Astros. Okay. Um, similar innings um, to Matt Barnes, thirty-five innings for Presley, um, as opposed to thirty-seven for Barnes. Um, his Barnes's K per nine is higher. Um, but the ERA for Presley is at 1.54 and mm. the ERA for Matt Barnes is 2.68. Mm. Um, so, you know, I mean, and they have, they have the same fan graphs war. So I looked at it kind of as a coin toss. I think you could really go for Barnes or Presley, but, um, yeah, I voted for Ryan Presley, giving him a little bit of a spotlight there. All right. Um, uh, National League. National League. Uh, we're going to move back to catchers for the National League. Uh, who did you have as your catcher for the National League? Has to be Buster Posey. I mean, he's it's a it's a baseball league that is just has all these anemic catchers, and Buster Posey continues to show why he was one of the better hitters of the last decade and a half in terms of catching. Uh, it's not a coincidence that the team that his team's in first place. As uh, he all he does is win, you know he does have three championships under the belt, and it's just a great story. I love it. He took a year off last year, and and he came back. He looks fresh. He looks healthy. Just it's a, he's a joy to watch in my in my viewpoint. Wholeheartedly agree. And you know, a couple episodes ago, I was talking about the enigma, the crazy team that is the San Francisco Giants, and I was saying how their <laughs> pitching has been performing very well given the fact that they're one of the oldest pitching staffs in the MLB. And I think it is a product of how Buster Posey handles that pitching staff on top of his offensive, you know, his offensive dominance as he's having right now. um, Mm -hmm. I think it's a slam dunk. I think Buster Posey deserves the nod for the um, national league start uh, national league catching position. So do the fans, the fans have voted in Buster Posey as that. No, it's a great choice. It's a great choice there. I agree. Um, and then the reserves was a little interesting, though. The uh, players voted JT Real Muto. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I thought that was interesting because I haven't really heard anything about JT Real Muto. He didn't, I didn't see any numbers that, like, kind of popped out at me. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, I, he must be a union representative or something, right? <laughs> That's when in doubt, just go yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's go to first baseman. First baseman for the NL, who do you have? Uh, I got Max Muncy. I'm going to treat him as uh, a first baseman here just because, uh, yeah, he, like you said, he, he, was, uh, he, mentioned, he was ranked pretty high in terms of Fangraph's war. Uh, but you got to reward that for him. He's having a great season so far. So um, I think him being the first baseman for the National League is, an, is a pretty good choice for them. I agree. Um, having, um, I also voted for Max Muncy, especially coming off the season where his batting average was mm-hmm. below 200. Um, I think he's bounced back very nicely. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put him at first base for the NL. The fans, however, disagree with us. The fans voted in Freddie Freeman. Um, okay. I feel like that's more of a popularity vote. Um, yeah, I like Freddie Freeman, but he struggled mightily at the beginning of the year. Um, so you know, but congratulations, Freddie Freeman, for getting his first ba- uh, getting the nod there. Yeah, he voted in by the fans. Um, <laughs> second base, who do you have for second base in the NL? 
Jake Cronenworth, man. Uh, loved him as a player last year. Wasn't sure about his playing situation this year, but the Padres, it looks like they're going to give him all the playing time he can handle. And he's rewarded them by just being a steady, bad, steady presence. Uh, Swiss Army knife for the uh, Padres. And I think he deserves to be the second baseman. Wholeheartedly agree. That's also who I have. Uh, Jake Cronenworth as the second baseman for the NL. Um, yeah, positional. And I am so happy that he's on my fantasy team. The positional variability and this just the Swiss Army knife, his consistent presence in there, it really is nice to see. And, you know, and the other thing is, I don't feel like he's getting as much attention as he really should be with a lot of the media. Mm -hmm. I really don't feel like anybody's really mentioning the type of season that Cronenworth is having. Um, and neither do the fans. The fans don't agree with us. The fans voted in um, Adam Frazier as um, oh, really of the Pittsburgh Pirates as the starter for the NL, um, which I don't understand. But Cronenworth did make the all-star team through the players. He is on the reserves for the all-star team. All right. Yeah, I don't I, – I, and. Adam Frazier's having a good season, but I, I feel like Cronenworth is having a better season. And I mean, he's oh, on yeah. the Pirates. So, uh, yeah, I, I know that Frazier has a higher WRC plus, I'm way higher than that. But uh, I don't know, man. I just, I, I feel like Frazier is just, this is an anomaly for him. And Cronenworth had a spectacular year last year. Uh, nobody was expecting this much for him. And I think he's continuing that streak into this season. He's a big part as to why the Padres are so good. Yeah. Um, despite the fact, I, I know that they signed a bunch of guys and a, they have a lot of big name players, but Cronenworth, the fact that, man, it's just, I don't know, man. Frazier, he's an okay guy, but he, he's, I, I just, Jake Cronenworth hits for more power. Um, yeah, hits for more power. Uh, and I think his season's a little bit more realistic. It's a more, more, it's not fluky the way I see Adam Frazier is as fluky because I've seen Adam Frazier just post pedestrian numbers before in his life. And I just feel like, so far, he's just been more fluked than reality. And I, he, I think he's in for a rude awakening in the second half. Agreed. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, yeah. But good for Cronenworth. He made the reserve. So, at least he's vindicated and made the all-star team. Good for him. Good, yeah. Um, third base. Or, no, I'm sorry. Shortstops. I skipped it. Well, let's go to uh, shortstops. Who's your shortstop for the NL? This better be everybody's shortstop in the National League. It's <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr., I don't think I have to say anything else uh, about him except that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty shocked that he's still uh, in one piece after all the injuries he has to deal with this season. So Yeah, especially that shoulder issue. It's, I'm really surprised with as hard as he swings, I'm surprised that shoulder has stayed like it stayed together. It's, yeah. I feel like in, at any moment now that, that uh, the muscles in that shoulder are going to separate. But we'll see. And the fans agree. He is the starter for the NL for shortstops. Um, but shout out to Brandon Crawford having a career season and being voted in by the players um, and is on the all-star team as a reserve. So great season by um, Crawford, but not as good as Tatis. Yep. Um, and who's your representative for third base for the NL? It's Manny Machado. So I have uh, three out of my five infielders, if you include catcher at infield, three out of my five infielders are all from the Padres. And all five of the infielders, including catcher, are off in the National League West. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> that is. Um, yeah, all of mine, except for third base, are on the NL West. Um, I didn't know where to put this player because he's another kind of Swiss Army guy all over the place. 
And basically the only reason why that I put him at third base is because that's where MLB.com had him for the all-star voting. I voted for Chris Bryant. Yeah. Uh, I know he had a very good start to his season, but he's kind of calmed down a little bit and yeah, I, the Cubs are not very good anymore. So no, they're not. So, I mean, you know, I, 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 I like the Manny Machado pick, um, but you know, and I'm not a fan of Manny Machado. So mm-hmm. the fact that I like the Manny Machado pick means he's having a good season. Um, but I don't know. I kind of liked that Chris Bryant, I feel like, is kind of bouncing back from his 2020 not as productive season. And he was actually producing when the Cubs were good. Now that they're falling apart, he's kind of been sliding a lot. But yeah, the fans disagree with both of us. Oh, Fans voted for Nolan Arenado. <sighs> I know. I'm so annoyed by that. I'm so annoyed by that. I feel like a popularity vote, but on the bright side, he does go back to Colorado. I'm sure that they're going to have a big, you know, welcome home party for him as, uh, you know, the Rockies are a big gigantic pile of dung at this point. And this probably will be their bright, uh, spot of their season. So, so good for them, I guess. Yeah. Um, and here's something interesting. Manny Machado is not on the all-star team. Uh, the third baseman reserves are Chris Bryant mm-hmm. and Eduardo Escobar of oh. the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> Felipe's so annoyed right now. <laughs> I am so annoyed right now. Eduardo Escobar, uh, Eddie Rosario, all those guys. They're, you've never seen those guys in the same room for a reason. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, they're the oh. same guy. It's the same person. They all came from the Twins. I think they all came from the Twins, both of them, right? I believe. Um, Memory I believe they both did. Yeah, yeah, they all came from the Twins. Then you know how the Twins, they just pretty much cloned the same player over and over again. Jorge Polanco or Luis Arias? Nobody knows! Yeah, no, Nobody I knows. Or, uh, or here's another one for you if you want to really go back in time. Denard Span or Ben Revere or Carlos Gomez or uh, Byron oh, Buxton? They are. They are very, very similar. Holy or God. Tory Hunter. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. Denard Span and Ben Revere especially. Yeah, they're basically like the same person. Wow. I mean, if you really look at that, if you look some of their uh, rosters from yesteryear, even the pitchers are all pretty much the same guy. I, I can't think of any good examples off the top of my head, but for a while, it seems like they all were developing the same kind of pitcher, you know, pitch to contact, safe guys, no, no high yields of strikeouts, you know, cause we want to go with the guys with the control and the command and you know, the less strikeouts, the cheaper it is for us anyway. So yeah, yeah it's, it's always the same. Or here's another one. Taylor Rogers or Eddie Gordado. Oh yeah, there's another one. The same guy. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's why the maybe that's the secret to the twins' demise. They just keep drafting and and they keep getting the same people. So yeah. playing it safe. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's go to the outfield representatives for the AL. Who do you have representing the or the NL? Who do you have yeah. representing the NL for the in the outfield? All right. Well, one of these is going to shock me even, but I, I felt like, well, I guess I can't deny this guy. Um, the, the, pre, I'm going to start with this guy right here. The Adam Frazier of outfielders, Brian Reynolds, uh, <laughs> is actually having a surprising year. I was, I had high hopes for him in 2020, but I kind of uh, avoided him in my fantasy drafts last year, and I avoided him in my fantasy drafts this season as well. And so far, it's 307 batting average with a 392 on base, 530 slugging percentage, 15 home runs so far. So you can't deny him. You got to put him in there. So I put him in there, right. as well as Nick Castellanos, who 
is having a fantastic year as well. I think someone even uh, somebody in the baseball life league uh, group, I should say, mentioned that, that he's an MVP candidate. I mean, that's good because I have him on my fantasy team. So I like to hear things about, I like to hear good things about my players. Yeah. And lastly, Ron Laconia Jr. It's the obvious choice as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, yeah. And this is going to, I think, shock you. My outfielders are the same as yours. I have ah! Laconia Jr., Nick Castellanos, and Brian Reynolds. Um, I avoided Brian Reynolds too. I drafted him last year and was thoroughly disappointed. I did not draft him this year, but he was having such a good season and he was having such a quietly good season that I just picked him up last week on the waiver wire. Last week? Last week. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it also is a 10 team league, but I mean, when you're having the, when you're having the season that Brian Reynolds is having, you would have thought he got scooped up earlier, but he didn't, mm-hmm. so I reaped the rewards there. Yeah, good job, good job. Yeah, thank you. Um, and let's see, the fans voted Ronald Acuna Jr., Nick Castellanos, and Jesse Winker as the starters okay. for the outfield. I'm um, okay with that. Jesse Winker I'm fine with. I actually, you know, when I voted, like actually voted on MLB.com, I voted for Jesse Winker. But I feel like Jesse Winker has been sliding just a little bit, and mm-hmm. Brian Reynolds has kind of stayed consistent. So I – you know, de facto kind of after the fact have changed to Brian Reynolds. But at the time I did vote for Winker. Uh, you can't um, go wrong. Can't yeah. go wrong with either of them. So you can. Brian Reynolds did make the reserves. He was voted right. in by the players along with Mookie Betts, Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, and Chris Taylor. Well, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor. I, I know your feelings about Chris Taylor. Um, you don't particularly care for Chris Taylor. <laughs> I just, the Dodgers, man, they, they, they like to play everybody. And Chris Taylor just, he's just so unspectacular that I don't know. It's yeah. whatever, I guess. I mean, he's having yeah. a good season. I don't know if he's an all-star caliber season. Um, I was going to mention something and I forgot. Cause like I said, I'm old. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, well. So the pirates, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but the pirates have two all-star players. Make it make sense for me, Austin. Yeah, they still I, suck. They still suck, yet they have – I don't know. Um, but soon enough, their pitchers will probably be all-stars for a different team. Uh, <laughs> it, seems, it seems that's how it happens for them. You got Garrett Cole and Tyler Glass now and, you know, all of the pitchers from – that the starting pitchers that start on the Pirates and go somewhere else usually have all-star seasons after that, so – you know, good good news for the future of pirates. Yeah, the Astros. <laughs> the Astros, right? They're gonna acquire Chad Cool for uh, low level prospects there. So. Somebody, yeah. Uh, and even though the NL doesn't have a DH, uh, we both decided that we were going to do a designated hitter representative, right? Did you do a DH for? NL? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And my designated hitter, it's. It's kind of a, uh, what do you call it? It's an odd choice, considering that DHs are usually these big, powerful hitters. You cannot deny Trey Turner. Uh, he's third in, in war at sh- uh, at, among shortstops. He's hitting 321 with a 370 on base percentage, 522 slugging. He has 15 home runs and 18 stolen bases. Uh, he's just one of the more underrated players, and he definitely deserves to get as much shine as possible because he's really damn good at what he does there. I think you said it all. Um, I have the same. I have Trey Turner. Um, Again, he's on my fantasy team, and I'm so happy that he is on my fantasy team. I drafted him pretty high. 
Um, he's having another good season. And I think it's very quiet because the Nationals, even though they've been surging lately, are kind of a mediocre team. And, you know, other shortstops, Fernando Tatis Jr. in particular, is outshining him in terms of star power because he's just that much more um, – I don't know what what do you want to electric. call electric electric flamboyant like yeah he's much more of a showman than Trey Turner is Trey Turner just goes out there and does his job and very steady and, yeah yep and he's one of I believe it's six players in MLB history with his recent cycle that he just hit to have three cycles in his career yep. so Trey Turner I have as uh, the DH for the NL. And um, maybe that's our ode to hopes that there's going to be an NLDH soon. Um, and good for Trey Turner. He was voted in by the players. He made the NL as a, uh, as a reserve. So good for him. Uh, let's move to the starting pitchers. Um, I'm pretty sure this is a slam dunk. Who's your ace for the NL? It's Jacob DeGrom. And we don't need to really talk about him. I mean, so. unlike Gary Cole, you know, they, it looks like he's not cheating. He's still dominating. So Yeah. I think the only issue with Jacob DeGrom right now is hopefully he stays on the field. He's had a few injury issues. Um, yeah. But, you know, so far he's having an elite season, one of the best seasons I think we've seen, at least in recent history anyway. So <laughs> Jacob DeGrom, I wholeheartedly agree. Who's your relief ace for the end? This one, this one was tough because it was between Craig Kimbrell and Josh Hader, but I went ahead and just went with Josh Hader. I figure that Craig Kimbrell had his moment in the sun a long time ago. Plus, uh, Hader has just been – I think he should be rewarded for being one of the more consistent relief arms in the last three seasons or so. So I, I'm going to go with Josh Hader here. Agreed. For the same reasoning, I think he's been more consistent over, the, over history. Um, Craig Kimbrell, he's having a great bounce-back season from his disastrous 2020 season that he had. But I still give the edge and the nod to Josh Hader. All right. All right. So that rounds out our all-star teams. Um, so congratulations to all of the uh, all all of the players that made the all-star teams, and congratulations to the people who got snubbed for making it on our all-star rosters. You are an all-star in our hearts. Uh, and in my book, my Excel book. Yep. <laughs> so we're uh, we're gonna move on to the next thing. Um, we're gonna talk a little more about fantasy now. Now that we're now that we've gotten away from our all star rosters, let's dive into fantasy. So the first thing that we're gonna talk about here, I think, is underrated fantasy seasons and our most disappointing fantasy seasons. So we're gonna go by um, uh, we're gonna go by positions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just really quick, let, and each of us, uh, Felipe and I both had, uh, both made a list for each. Um, again, if you want to put that on your spreadsheet, Felipe, I'll tell you as well. Okay. Um, so let's start with uh, catcher. Who is your underrated catcher? This one was tough because we mentioned how weak catcher is, yes. but I double check my, my league, my points league, and I, that's what I'm going to go with. Looks like Mike Zonino has uh, been producing despite the fact that he strikes out way too much. Yeah. He also has 18 home runs, 31 RBI, uh, slugging 528 with a, what was it? A 331 isolated power, which means that 33% of the balls that he, that he hits are doubles, triples, or home runs. So <laughs> it's okay. just an absurd number. Yeah. Um, and somehow he's a top five catcher if you, if you, uh, if you uh, on fan grabs, he's a top five catcher. If you 
shortened the minimum plate appearances to 190. He has 201 plate appearances. That makes him a top five catcher in war. So, you know, something's clicking for him in Tampa Bay. And, you know, he's finally putting it together down there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So Zanino was having a, is having a pretty good season in terms of catchers. Again, yeah, we discussed it a long while ago that the catcher, that the catcher position in terms of fantasy is very weak. You have Salvador Perez, JT Realmuto, and then whoever decides they want to go on a rampage uh, (laughs) that year. Um, But actually I went a little bit of a different route. Um, Mm -hmm. I focused more on, Maybe an underrated catcher that would be good on the bench or good to pick up off of the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, Sean Murphy of the A's. Um, he's getting on base. Oh, he's a typical, he's a typical, uh, what do you want to call it? A typical A. He gets on base. Um, he's not necessarily hitting for power, but he will get on base. Um, if you're looking for maybe if you got an OBP, um, OBP in, in your category league. Um, he might do well for you coming off the bench, picking up off the waiver wire. Um, I have, uh, I think he's, I think he's a good offensive catcher, just not draftable. I think it's good to pick him up off the waiver wire. I have Sean Murphy. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Sean catcher is so weak that more than likely Sean Murphy should have been drafted just because like I said, it's it's a really weak position, so I'd be I'd be very surprised if he's available anywhere in terms of waiver wire. Uh, out of curiosity, now you got me thinking: where is he in terms of ownership rate according to CBS? And he's owned in eighty four percent of leagues, so you might get him. There's a really tiny chance you might get him, but there's a chance anyway. Yeah, so and that going. Now, now the Fangraphs page is pulling up in terms of catchers. Um, in terms of Fangraphs war, Sean mm-hmm. Murphy is fourth of all catchers with a 2.4 Fangraphs war. He's wow. above Mike, Zuzi- Mike Zunino. Zunino is fifth at 2.2. Um, and he's just below Buster Posey, Omar Nervaez, and Will Smith. So Getting jiggy with it. Yep. He's having a – I think he's having an underrated season if, if he's available. I would say go pick him up. I picked him up on uh, one of my leagues. Um, so we'll see how uh, really quick at the beginning of this season, I had ranked Mike Zunino as my 47th best catcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So and, uh, he's really having an underrated season then. <laughs> that's why I put him up there. Cause I know I had him ranked them really low. I didn't, I couldn't remember this morning where I ranked them. And then I, I just realized right now, Hey, I have access to my sheet now. And yeah, 47th overall behind guys like Elias, Elias Diaz, Jason Castro and Sam Huff. Yeah. Um, wow. And in my points league, he's 12th among all catchers. So he's, he's, he should be starting. So yeah. that's – and I'm sorry, your guy was, again I, – I didn't write it down. John Murphy. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry about that. Uh, let's move to – do you want to go to most disappointing catcher or do you want to go to underrated first base? No, nah, we'll, we'll go underrated the rest of the way. All right. Underrated first base. Who do you have for first base? Uh, I have to go with Trey Mancini. Um, great story. Uh, the cancer uh, – was it uh, – I forgot which cancer he had. But, you know, it's still it's, – his season fell short uh, – had to come to a quick end last year because of, of the cancer treatments and all that. He was ranked 20th among my first base list because I wasn't sure how he would react um, to coming back from such a horrific disease. So I ranked him 20th. And right now, according to my points league, let's see, he is 
yeah, top 12. So he should be starting in all leagues. So he's superseding expectations. Uh, he's not underrated in the fact that people know who he is. But he, I, I, in terms of my rankings of where I expected and where he is now, I think he's pretty underrated. So that's why he made this list. I, I think that's a I think that's a good pick. Um, I think it's really great. That story is really great. I really respect Trey Mancini for coming back and having the season that he's having. I think it's really easy for you know to go through what he did, and you know he may come back, but usually I don't I don't feel like a lot of many players would come back and be as successful as he was as he is this I mean, week. We're still waiting for Carlos Carrasco to come back from his cancer stuff. So yeah, so we'll we'll see. Um, but Trey Mancini is having a great season. Um, it was really hard. I wanted to vote for Trey Mancini, but I also wanted to give um, a shine to another player on my DH. Um, so you know, I kind of there were a bunch of players that I wanted to give the spotlight to. So Mancini kind of fell out of it because I had a feeling that you would do. Trey Mancini. Um, okay. So my underrated first base fantasy season is Jared Walsh for the Los Angeles Angels. Ah, okay. Uh, so Walsh um, is having a great season, and I think he's one of the lesser-known first basemen right now. So I think that's kind of why he's having an underrated season. But he's fourth in the AL in average, fourth in uh, – I believe he's in the top five in uh, RBIs. He, I believe he's in the top 10 in homers as well. Um, so he's producing really well. He's on my, he's on one of my fantasy teams. And what, what's good about him is I like his kind of his positional variability. He's got first base and outfield um, eligibility in the league that I'm in. Um, so I think he's having a really great season and he's not talked about enough. So Jared Walsh and he played, um, he outplayed Albert Pujols and sent him, designated for assignment yeah. <laughs> uh let's move to second base who is your underrated second base fantasy season well uh considering the uh the fall from grace this guy had over the last year or so uh he was eighth at the beginning of the preseason among second basemen uh this guy was at one point the number one second baseman to get in fantasy and also in real baseball the consensus number one second baseman that's jose otube after a very disastrous year last year, uh, I think he's bounced back pretty well. It looks like he's back to where he is supposed to be, having uh, 18 home runs, four stolen bases, 284 batting average with a 371 on base. It looks like it's everything's back to normal with him. Either that or he's still cheating. So <laughs> He's still got that buzzer somewhere. Somewhere in there. Right? <laughs> um, all right, so Jose Altuve is a good pick. Um, I decided to go with this player and we've already talked about him um, basically because, you know, I don't think very many people expected him to have as good of a season coming off of his good season last year. I have Jake Cronenworth as my underrated second baseman fantasy season. Um, just simply the fact that he's doing as well as he is and not getting as much coverage. Um, in terms of fan graphs, war Altuve is third. Jose Altuve is third. And then Cronenworth is right behind him. Mm. He's fourth. So Altuve has 3.2 and Cronenworth has a 2.8. Um, he's Cronenworth has got an 8.8% walk percentage, which is not great, but he's kind of keeping the strikeouts down. He's at 17.7%. Um, and he's got 15 homers at the second base position. Um, that's in the top five in all second basemen and 59 RBIs. 
having a great season. By the way, 19th. He was 19th overall on my rankings behind John Verde and Andres Jimenez. And also for the simple fact that I did not know if he was going to play regularly or not. Because right behind him was Jerickson Profar as well for the Padres. So, And then they also signed the Kim um, the guy, the Kim kid. I forgot his full name. Haswong Kim, I think, is his name. Sounds right. But, yeah, they were. he was supposed to get a lot of playing time. Yeah, you're right, Haswong Kim. So uh, that was not a good situation, but he's overcome that. So good for him. I agree with you uh, on him being underrated there. Yep. Uh, let's move to shortstops. Who is your underrated shortstop in terms of fantasy? Yeah, uh, Willie Adamas, who started the year as my 20th best shortstop. I don't know exactly where he is, but over the last months, especially since he's been traded to the Milwaukee Brewers, he's just been killing it. And something that my podcast partner over at the Total Basis Podcast says all the time the last couple of weeks especially was that, as you know, Sean uh, used to work for the Montgomery Biscuits, who, which is the uh, AA affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. And he, Sean will always tell me this anecdote where it's like, I remember Willie Adamas was to ask about his thoughts about hitting in Tropicana Field. And he said, I absolutely hate hitting here. He doesn't like it. He can't see the ball great. The, the lighting's off. But now that he's in Milwaukee, I know it's a, it's a dome city, but it's a retractable roof. But we all know that Milwaukee's a better hitting ballpark. Right. than a lot of these other places, including Tampa Bay. So he he's uh, – he's, it, it's no coincidence that the Brewers are now running away with that division. I think he is, he's a big, big part of that, uh, that up in Milwaukee. Yeah, because it's pretty, it's pretty evident that as soon as he got traded um, to the Brewers, that's where they started pulling away from the Cubs. And the fact that the Cubs are sliding now and they're really falling apart, that helps too. But I think Willie Adamas going over there and contributing – um, is I, I think you're right. I think that is a good product of the Brewers' season right now. And yeah. I've heard a lot of players complaining about Tampa Bay, how it's really yeah. hard to see the ball. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that even some of the players on the Rays squad don't like, don't like that. Um, By the way, I, top five, top five in the last 28 days, Willie Adamas at shortstop, top five shortstop there. Yep. So um, I agree with you. I have Willie Adamas as well as the underrated shortstop. Um, you know, 83 games, he's got 13 homers, 44 RBIs. He's got some power for, you know, a shortstop. 251 average, which is on the rise. 323 OBP, he's, you know, he's getting there. And in terms of Fangraph's war, he is seventh among all shortstops with a 2.1 war. So he's in the top 10. Hmm. Uh, so he's ranked above people like Trevor Story and Javier Baez um, and Francisco Lindor. So good for Willie Adamas. Uh, let's move to third baseman. Who is your underrated third fantasy third baseman? This one was tough because third base is always loaded and you can't go wrong with a lot of these guys. But my underrated third baseman is Justin Turner. I, I had him ranked number 15th overall. Last I checked, he was pretty high up there uh, in terms of the rankings. But as of right now, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six. He's six in my points league with a 294 at, at batting average, 386 on base percentage. He's getting older in a hurry in terms of the age number, but he looks like he's still in his uh, doing absolute peak performance stuff at this point. And, uh, yeah, it's we keep doubting Justin Turner, and he all he does is produce. So, I agree. I also have him as the underrated um, third baseman so far for fantasy. Um, just to add on, um, he's got double-digit percentage in terms of walk percentage. He's at 11.7%, so he's getting on base. He's slashing a 294 average with a 386 OBP and a 479 slugging. Um, he's got a weighted runs created plus of 143, 
and he is sixth among all third basemen in Fangraph's war with a 2.4 war. So I agree. I think Justin Turner is having a very good season on a very good offensive team in the Dodgers. Uh, let's move to the outfielders. Do you want to name all three outfielders at the same time? Yeah, I'll try to go fast here. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, who was buried somewhere deep in my standings. I don't even know where he is in my, in my uh, preseason rankings. Mm -hmm. um as he just kind of got buried down there this is 2021 yeah this is 2021 mm -hmm. yeah okay so yeah he had he's on the second uh what do you call it he's outside of top 40 basically that, yeah. that's how um yeah he fell from grace in a hurry there but he's top 10 in my points league and it's mostly because of the hot june that he had or the last couple of weeks that he had before he got hurt and uh he's been crushing the ball miles straw in terms of fantasy not only is he just a guy who can steal bases, but he's been a very productive hitter. That's a, a guy that Sean, my podcast partner, absolutely loves. And he's producing big time for the Astros while they manage their injuries and some of their inconsistent players as well. Uh, and Mark Hanna, who you just mentioned earlier, uh, very underrated, got the uh, – he got snubbed. Did, did he make the – I forgot. He made the All-Star game or was he just not – you said he was snubbed because he didn't make the Mark Hanna got snubbed. He did not make the All-Star team. That's terrible. I, I think if anybody deserves it, it's him. Uh, he could play multiple positions if that was your, your gripe was, that, oh, well, there's so many outfielders already. He could play second base. I've seen him play second base before. He could play third base if need be. He's, a, he's somewhat of a Swiss Army knife, not all the way like a Ben Zobris, but he has his own. Um, he can all his own uh, is what I'm trying to say. And uh, he was ranked pretty damn low on my list. And, uh, yeah, he's having a fantastic year. Uh, right. what's who's your three outfielders so my three outfielders um we've already talked about it with his onslaught that he his recent onslaught that he had i have kyle schwarber as one of my underrated i have mark canna as well um i think it's just a travesty that he didn't make the all-star team i just i don't understand why he didn't. he's having such a great season yep. um and then uh, a bit of a controversial pick probably in your eyes i have chris taylor as one of the underrated <laughs> fantasy players um, but I mean, he's got positional, he's got positional variability. He's eligible for most or for a bunch of different positions. Um, he's played 80 games. He's on, he's got 10 homers, um, 43 RBIs. He's getting on base. He's walking at a 13.2%. Um, that's his uh, walk, walk rate, his K rate, 26.6%. So he's a little, a little above, or that's kind of a lot. Um, and then you, his, he's slashing a 271 average with a 382 OBP and a 454 slugging. He's got a weighted runs creative plus of 136, and he is 10th among all outfielders in war, Fangraph's war at 2.4. So he's having a really good season, and I think um, um, he's, he gets lost amidst all of the stars at, uh, you know, in Dodger land over there. Yeah. Um, so I have Chris Taylor as one of my underrated uh, people. Uh, let's go with uh, DH. Who is your underrated DH? Uh, Jared Walsh. Uh, he was ranked 19th among first basemen behind Hunter Dozier, Carlos Santana, Christian Walker, and Andrew Vaughn and Miguel Sano. I mean, that's how, I guess, deep I thought first base was that I could just put Jared Walsh at number 19. Uh, and so far, let's see, in my points league, he's one, two, three, four, five, six, sixth overall in terms of points. Um, so he's having a fantastic year. Uh, so just based on my rankings and where he was, where I thought he would be drafted and, and what he's producing, I'd say he was pretty damn underrated this year coming I, into the season, I should say. 
I agree. Um, but you know what? I, I, we, you know, I was on the total basis podcast, um, in the off season and we had a, uh, we had a preview show where, um, we kind of did a draft of, you know, a handful of teams and the angels were one of them. And I remember I picked Jared Walsh and you were kind of saying, Oh, that might be a Homer pick. Oh, oh, come on. It was, it was a Homer pick. It was not a Homer pick. I had been saying, you know, last season he was hitting the cover off of the baseball and he was getting on base. He was in the top, you know, he was one of the hardest hitters in, in major leagues and, he was hitting the cover off the ball. I, I, you know, I just watch him all the time. So I knew it. Uh huh. Um, I really did. Um, <laughs> um, in terms of, but yeah, I really, I really agree. I think Jared Walsh is having a great season. My DH, um, I kind of wanted to put a highlight on a catcher when I was doing my research, I didn't even know anything about this guy and for him to be as high in this, as high statistically as he is and me not knowing that he was having such a great season. Um, I decided to put him here and give him a spotlight. Um, I have Omar Narvaez of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, there could be other picks in terms of, you know, offensively. Um, but I think if you're looking for catchers, Omar Narvaez is in the top three of all catchers in Fangraph's war. So I think he's having an underrated season. Um, so I don't personally have Omar Narvaez on any of mine. And I believe he's picked up on both of my leagues. So, um, wow. Yeah. I was not expecting Omar Narvaez mentioned, but he's definitely underrated yeah. for sure. Um, let's go to starting pitchers. So we each did one starting pitcher and one relief pitcher. Who was your mm -hmm. underrated starting pitcher? Uh, this is an easy one. It's Kevin Gossman. Uh, I had him. I probably, if you would look at all the rankings from all the experts, I probably have him pretty, pretty high. He was my 21st best starting pitcher. Um, and there was a point in, in the baseball life, uh, fantasy baseball league where there was more established guys like Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, Hyung Young Ryu of the Blue Jays, uh, all these guys that were available at that time. And, and I said, you know what? No, I need guys I can trust. I don't trust those guys as much as I, I trust and love Kevin Gossman. So I pulled the trigger with Kevin Gossman and everybody gave me so much, so much uh, flack for it. And I was made fun of and I, I thought you were a fantasy baseball expert. And, and then what happened? And then what happened? Yeah, Kevin Gossman in my points league is tied with Trevor Bauer for the most fantasy points right now. Yeah, I, uh, I, I remember that. I, you were speaking very highly of Kevin Gossman, and you were catching a lot of flack everywhere for speaking as highly <laughs> of Kevin Gossman as you did. And now everybody's basically eating crow because that, that I, I didn't see it either. So that was really Listen, good. Austin, I, I've, been, I've been talking big about Kevin Gossman since last year, last <laughs> season, you know, during the pandemic. And I'm like, hey, watch out for this Kevin Gossman guy. And, and my guy, Sean, just kind of poo-pooed it. And you'll notice, if you, if you listen carefully, anytime I bring up Kevin Gossman, Sean likes to change the subject really quick because you know what's coming. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's victory lap time for me. So, yes, yeah. it is. No, 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 no uh, boo-boo. I told you so. Yep. Uh, my, I had a feeling, because my pick would have been Kevin Gossman too, but um, I had a feeling you were going to talk about him because you've been his champion for – a long time now. Yeah. Uh, so I decided, I decided to go with somebody else, give somebody else a spotlight. Um, I'm going to give the spotlight to Freddie Peralta of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, he's having a 
pretty darn good season, um, uh, you know, with that Milwaukee Brewer staff that, you know, usually you hear people like Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff or Josh Hader. You don't hear much about Freddie Peralta, but Freddie Peralta really is pulling his own weight in terms of, you know, statistics-wise, in terms of Fangraph's war, he is 14th among, um, 14th, um, he's the 14th best of all pitchers with a 2.4 war, and he is actually beating his counterpart, Corbin Burns, who I feel like gets mentioned a little more. Um, but, yeah, he's having a great season. Uh, he's at a 12, 12 and a half Ks per nine. Um, he has a, uh, ERA of 2.23 with an expected ERA of 2.56. So he's actually performing below or, um, above expectations there. Um, and I, I just feel like he's having a really, really great season this year. That's a good um, choice. I like him. Yep. I'm giving, I'm giving the nod there to Freddie Peralta. How about your relief pitcher underrated? Before we go on, Freddie Peralta coming into the season was my 91st uh, best starting pitcher, and that's because I the Brewers just were all over the place in terms of who they wanted to go with right. as starting pitching. So if, if he would have been guaranteed a spot, he'd be ranked a lot higher than 91st. Yes. But uh, that's why he's a good choice. I traded for him in my points league. I gave up a second and fourth round pick to get him and Carlos Rodan and, and Juan Mancada. I mean, obviously, I gave up those draft picks because I, I wanted a, that big haul. And I also gave up uh, Jerry Kalenic and Alec Baum. That's how much I like those pitchers, but especially Peralta. I was willing to give up prospects like Kalenic and Alec Baum to get pitching help. So it's I a really good was, choice. I think that was a good good trade. Baum yeah. is having a decent season, not great. Um, no, and he's been struggling, though. He's, been, he's, been, he, he, he's hit that rookie wall in his second season in Major League Baseball, you could yeah. tell. And Kalenic came up and just got thrashed <laughs> around. I think he got, what, two hits? He didn't have very many. So a lot of strikeouts, that's for sure. A lot of strikeouts. So and if I may go back to the Kevin Gossman thing, here are the pitches that were available to me at the number in round number four, which would be uh, virtual seventh round, right? Yeah. Jesus Lazardo, you tell me who you tell me if you like this pitcher more than you like Kevin Gossman. All right, Jesus okay. Lazardo, who is constantly getting hurt now, he's relegated to bullpen duty. Marcus Stroman, who's also hurt right now, and I don't know, I never know what to expect from him. Hyunjin Ryu right? I think he's hurt as well. Kyle Hendricks, uh, I mean, he's a pretty good guy, but I don't know. Carlos Carrasco, we talked about him already. Mike Soroka, we talked about, oh, yeah, he's going to need another surgery for his Achilles heel now, isn't he? Yep. Noah Syndergaard, who we, we haven't seen, uh, uh, we haven't heard peep out of him as of when he's coming back. Sixto Sanchez, he went to Sean's team, uh, and now his season's gone to shit because uh, the Marlins are saying that he's, he's just hurt all over the place, right? He, he has arm troubles. Uh, I was so mad at that. I thought I got a steal, and I picked up Sixto Sanchez, and then he, he just disappeared. And I'm like, <laughs> dang, come on. <laughs> and we go into the sixth round, and I, I, I guess we could stop here in the sixth round. Sandy Alcantara, who's uh, he's okay. He's, he's not Kevin Gossman, though. And that's it. Uh, I don't want to go any – because we can go on forever. But the point is – Kevin Gossman ended up being not just a correct choice, but a definite steal in round number four, virtual number seventh round in my fantasy baseball league. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think out of all of those, I think – I really don't think I would pick any of those other ones. Hyunjin Ryu has a glass arm. He's hurt all the time. Stroman, yeah. he's very inconsistent. 
Cindergard, you really weren't sure when he's going to come back, and he's not. I still don't know. Still don't know when he's coming <laughs> back. Um, so I think Gossman, you know, and I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. So yeah, he's a that was a really good pick. No, 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 um, no. no. So, it, that's just, <laughs> hold on, Austin. Not just hindsight. I had the foresight. All right. Yeah, that Give one you did. That you, one you see, did. you see my finger like this. Yes, my vic- that's my victory lap right there. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's move to relief pitching. Who is uh, your relief pitching uh, underrated season? I have to do an audible here because uh, uh, I just realized I had I have Matt Barnes as my All Star relief pitcher. So I, I the intent was not to uh, to bring variety to this list. So I'm going to take away Matt Barnes and I'm going to go call to the bullpen. Actually, I'm going to do the sign to call to the bullpen, bring the right handed arm in, and bring in Craig Kimbrell. So I'm changing it right now as I, I, I was doing this in the morning and I was kind of in a hurry, but I just realized that Matt Barnes is already on my all-star list. So I'm going to pick a different name uh, for the, uh, for the underrated. And that's Craig Kimbrell, who, as you know, the awful season since he signed with the Cubs. Um, and right now he looks like he's the old, old Kim, Craig Kimbrell, like the Atlanta Braves, Craig Kimbrell, like peak Craig Kimbrell. So uh, he's been one of the few bright spots for a really mediocre Chicago Cubs team this year. Even that back end of the bullpen really has been doing the the Ryan Tapera before he got hurt, Andrew Chafin, Craig Craig Kimbrell. Really, all three of those guys they have been lights out in the back end of that bullpen. But I mean, Craig Kimbrell shutting the door down. He I think he's got what a zero point five something ERA. Oh, it's ridiculously low. Yeah. Um, and let's see, his ERA right now is zero point five nine according to Fangraphs. Um, so yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yeah, as a Cubs um, fan, as a Cubs fan, we, we finally got, we finally get a good bullpen and we have a crappy team to show for it anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to put the spotlight on somebody that wasn't Craig Kimbrell. Um, I'm actually going to put the spotlight for an underrated season for somebody that's on a popular team, but you may not know who he is, is Jonathan Loisiga of oh the New York Yankees. Um, <laughs> he's in the top five in terms of relief, uh, relief fan graphs war. Um, he is at, it went away. Uh, he's at 1.4 for a reliever is pretty good. He's at an ERA of 2.12. Um, and I, He's, I mean, he's in the top five in all of MLB in terms of Fangraphs' war. So I think there's something to be said there. Um, so he's, uh, I don't believe he's getting the saves for the Yankees, but mm-hmm. you know he's no, he has two saves. But if you're looking for ERA, um, something like that, he might be an option in terms of relievers. So um, yeah, a Jonathan Loisa guy gave the spotlight to. All right. Uh, let's go to our most disappointing season, uh, seasons, um, fantasy wise. Um, let's start with catcher. Who's your most disappointing catcher this season? Yeah. And I, you, you heard me talking big about Kevin Gossman because th- a lot of these guys are guys I hyped up, uh, at the beginning of the season as well. So, uh, starting at catcher with Dalton Varsho, he actually was so high on Dalton Varsho that I ranked him uh, as my number 12 catcher thinking, you know what, if he, if he gets the playing time, he's automatically better. He, he's a starting catcher in your league right now because that's how good he's going to be. And the big thing about him was the best part about him, Austin, is he's not even going to be playing catcher this year. He's going to be on the outfield. So his legs are going to be fresh. He's going to produce like a, like, a, like a fourth outfielder in fantasy, but it's still freaking better than 
catcher can produce for you. And that means if he starts in the outfield, he's going to get all the plate appearances he can handle because it's, as you know, Austin, catchers, uh, it's just a grueling position for these guys, especially their legs, and they are injury prone. But if you're playing outfield, that's a lot easier on your legs. And Dalton Varsha is going to take full advantage, and he hasn't. He has not taken advantage. Even now, now that he Carson Kelly's out, he still hasn't taken advantage. He gets overmatched, and he's just buried him on, on my team because I'm still holding out hope for Dalton Varsho. I'm not going to give up on him just yet. But boy, oh boy, sometimes uh, my, my patience runs thin. I mean, I, and I'm better off just thinking, man, should I go somewhere else? And then I'm, I remind myself, the, the Baseball Life Fantasy League is a two-catcher league. So stay put, be patient, hold on a little longer. And hopefully he figured things out because that is such a valuable thing to have a catcher who qualifies and doesn't actually play catcher, although he will now because Carson Kelly's out. So he's doing a timeshare with Stephen Boat. Right. But man, that's been that's been a thorn on my side. And, and, and Sean reminds me of that one all the time. So, well, that was my appeal to um, that was my appeal to your Mercedes at the beginning of the year. He qualified mm-hmm. as a catcher. But he was going to be DH. And with as good of a season as he was having at the beginning of the year in the offensive onslaught, I picked him up quickly. And now he's not. He's in the MLB. He's in the minors now. So yeah. I had to dump him pretty. But I remember you talking about Varsho. And, um, you know, I remember you talking pretty highly of him. And I almost thought about getting him simply because of his catcher, his unique catcher outfield eligibility. But I ended up not. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't. Yeah. Uh, so. My dis- my vote for disappointing fantasy catching season is Max Stassi of the Los Ooh. Angeles Angels. Um, Stassi has has been cursed with the injury bug a little bit, but he, offensively, he's just not doing as well as he did last year, and it was kind of to be expected. I feel like last year was kind of more of a fluke in terms of his production because he was on the Astros before that, didn't really produce a whole lot. Came to the Angels, had a really great season, but I think we—I think I said it on the preview show that I was with—that I was on with you on total basis. I don't trust one year. I don't trust one year, and it's proving now that that's kind of true. Even though you have one good year, it doesn't mean you're going to have continued success. So I have Stassi as disappointing, or a disappointing catcher. Um, I almost put Yasmani Grandal, but then looking statistically, he's actually still kind of. Uh, Grandal is still up there in terms of offensive production when it comes to catching. Uh, he'll be so, fine. He'll be he'll be fine. Um, let's go to first baseman. Who's your most disappointing first baseman? Well, I already mentioned a couple of my all stars. That oh, this guy's on my baseball life uh, fantasy league. He's on my team, right? And those guys were Vladimir Guerrero and Rafael Devers. They went back to back. Guerrero in the first, uh, actually, I actually shoot round one, uh, which would be the virtual fourth round. Uh, Rafael Devers, and then I round two was uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and that's with a, a, a Blue Jays fan uh, picking uh, ahead of me in round two. So I was able to get those two young studs, okay. and then I got greedy in the third round. I picked up Anthony Rizzo, thinking, "Oh man, this league is toast. I'm gonna get the big mammoth numbers from my corner infielders and Devers, Guerrero, and Rizzo. That's gonna be a triumvirate, uh, trifecta, tremendously, terribly." sadistic and intimidating trio of players i'm trying to do the alliteration thing here and so (laughs) far anthony rizzo uh he's been on my bench for like the last two or three weeks because all of a sudden he forgot how to hit just like the rest of the cubs players so uh anthony rizzo was ranked as my number six first baseman uh right now i i don't even think he's top 20 at this point 
yeah, he, I'm, I'm really disappointed because I like Anthony Rizzo. So I really want to pull for him to do well, but I mean, he's on the Cubs. It seems like all of the Cubs just don't know how to hit anymore. Uh, so, yeah. You know, I think, I think that's a good pit for disappointing seasons. Um, I have somebody else um, mainly because I have seen it firsthand and he's been kind of because he's on my fantasy team this year. He's been kind of bitten by the injury bug, especially coming off of the season that he had last year. Um, I have Jose Abreu. Hmm. Um, he is um, now he's still tenth in terms of all fantasy player or in terms of all first baseman in Fangraphs WAR, but he's at a one point three WAR, and he's behind people like. Um, Carlos Santana, Ty France of the Mariners, you know, like when you're the reigning AL MVP, you better be producing up there with the Vladimir Guerrero juniors and the Matt Olsons and the, you know, people like that. So, you know, it's been, and he's been bitten by the injury bug this year. So, you know, he's been injured a couple of times. So, you know, coming off of the season that he had, I have Jose Abreu as the, as a disappointing first baseman this year yeah uh so if Rizzo was six Abreu was number five you got the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox both of my two favorite teams yeah I do root for both teams there uh making the first base list so uh I don't know if I should be proud or oh I guess disappointed right this is a disappointment list so yeah <laughs> uh let's move to second base let's move to the middle oh, the oh you're killing me Austin you're killing me <laughs> uh, uh I mean, uh, we talk about him all. I mean, if if season two of the Total Basis podcast is gonna have like a, a personified, uh, you know, a player in mind, like the season two of of the Total Basis podcast was all about Kesson Hiura, Kesson Hiura, and I know Sean doesn't like him uh, in terms of everybody else like hyping him up, and Sean's very reserved. Like, oh, I don't know if we should trust a guy like that who strikes out so much. That's my Alabama accent. It's not as good as the other one, as my Greg Amsinger, but. Uh, <laughs> But no, Hira, Hira was so enticing to me that I had him. I was this close to ranking him as my number one second baseman before I, you know, my senses knocked in and said, no, come on, let's be a little bit more patient. I put him at number three. And just something about him, I just, you know what? I chickened out, Austin. I chickened out each time. And I, and I was wondering if I would regret it not pulling the trigger because I could have had him really late in these drafts, but I just couldn't pull the trigger on this guy. And luckily for me, I my instinct, my final instinct into the 2021 uh, fantasy draft season was correct. But boy, I mean, you're talking about a guy with the potential to hit 20 home runs and steal maybe 10 to 15 bases in a fantasy league and just beat the crap out of the ball and not do anything with the opportunities he was given. That's just a major disappointment. I know that he came back and he did hit a couple of home runs here and there uh, on his second time back from the minor leagues because he's already been once. Now he's he got sent down twice, and, and now he's back up now with this with the Brewers. Yeah. But still, it's um, it's not what I expected from him. No, and you know what? I, I'm kind of I'm disappointed with that too. I kind of liked watching Hira play, so it's kind of sad to see him really struggle. Um, yeah, I just I'm glad you don't have him because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been disastrous. Um, my second baseman again. This is another one I'm seeing. You know, I saw um firsthand because I drafted him thinking he was going to be pretty good I thought he was going to be one of the at least top five top seven you know type um second baseman um I and he had positional um 
eligibility in second baseman and outfield. So I liked that. And he, you know, was doing well on, you know, and he was on a high performing team this year. He's just kind of went down the toilet. Uh, I have Brandon Lau of the Tampa Oof. Bay Rays. Um, he's got a 205 average, 314 OBP with a 432 slugging. He does have 17 homers. So he is hitting homers, but that's really all he's doing. He's striking out at a 31.8% clip. He's just striking out all over the place. Um, and it is, it's, it was really tough to watch. Um, so yeah, I was really disappointed. I was thinking, you know, with the likes, you know, when you look at the second baseman, you have Marcus Simeon, Max Muncy, Ozzie Albies, and then who else? Maybe Whit Merrifield. And then after that, you would think Brandon Lau would have been in place to be a top five second baseman. And he's just, he's not. So I have uh, Brandon Lau. Uh, by the way, uh, Hiura, uh, in the month of July so far, we're like, what, five, six days in? Probably. Three, three hits and has nine strikeouts. Whew. Two RBI only, and that's it. No more home runs. Nothing. No extra base hits. So, yeah. Ugly. 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 All right. Uh, moving away from our disappointing uh, <laughs> fantasy projections, oh. second base, to shortstop, who's your most disappointing shortstop? Oh, man, just, just dig that dagger a little deeper in me, man. I don't like it, but I deserve it. So I remember, my, uh, I call this the Fantrax League, right? So again, I, I'm referring to this league, the Baseball Life Fantasy Baseball League over at Fantrax. Mm -hmm. So remember, I told you we have three keepers, right? But I already told you the, the slam dunks, pretty much the slam dunks I, I picked in the first four rounds here with uh, Devers, Guerrero, eh, not so much Rizzo, but Gossman, I made up for him. Uh, Liam Hendricks, who's a, a, a fantastic closer, uh, round six uh, was Max Muncy. This is why I'm in first place, Austin. Stick with me, kid. You'll go places, right? Uh, <laughs> Nick Castellanos in the seventh round. Oh my God! I no wonder I'm killing this this league. Gary Sanchez at number eight. Anyway, but I had three keepers, right? And my keepers were Lucas Giolito, uh, whatever. Um, who else was my keeper? I don't remember. Oh, uh, Juan Soto and Glavar Torres. Yeah, oh, I hate Ooh. this so much. Glavar Torres has just, I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of it. He went from being one of the most exciting prospects coming up the Chicago Cubs uh, uh, farm system. Sorry. I, and then the big piece in that are all this Chapman trade that helped get the Cubs the, you know, the closer, mm -hmm. the closer that they needed to make that championship run in 2016. Yep. And now with the Yankees, this, I don't, we don't know what to make of him. The power's gone. He's trying to hit for more contact and strike out less. But now the production isn't there as it used to be. And it's just, it's just bad. It's just bad all over. And it's real, it's, it just sucks. I mean, and he's, only, and he's in his early 20s. He look, put it this way. He was supposed to be right there in line with the Bo Bichette's of the world, the Fernando Tatis's of the world, uh, maybe even the Trey Turner's. There's the next crop of young shortstops. I had him ranked as my uh, – where the hell was he? Oh, as number 10. But last year, he was like my number one, number two shortstop. That's how much I love the kid. And I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I just, yeah, he may, he's not, he may not be keeper material anymore, even though he's still in his early 20s. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to see with that, fall, that hard of a fall from grace that he's having. Um, really, a lot of the Yankees offense is having a really hard fall from grace. That's uh, right. So... You know, I, I agree. I think it would be really hard to try and keep him um, in, in your keeper league. So we'll see how it goes. But I don't foresee the Yankees really 
um, turning anything around offensively. I think they're playing 500 baseball, which is where they're at right now. Yeah. Um, uh, my most disappointing shortstops, um, big signing for the Mets. Um, and he has just not been, he has not been producing like he was expected to. Oh. I think for uh, fantasy fantasy owners, I probably were upset, especially at the beginning of the year. I have Francisco Lindor yes. as, the, as one of the most disappointing. I mean, he's outside of the uh, top 10, I believe, in terms of shortstops on Fangraph's war. Um, he's just – he really struggled at the beginning of the year. Um, I think it's a little better now. I could be wrong, but – um yeah he's just really really been struggling he has not been the francisco lindor that we all knew on the indians um so hopefully steve cohen doesn't have to eat crow and have to pay him you know a whole bunch of money to be mediocre so uh at first base we have the chicago connection and now at shortstop we have the new york connection with the yep. mets and the yankees represented <laughs> uh let's go to a let's go to our most disappointing third baseman uh yeah this guy's in uh has been a, a mainstay in my points league my the, the other league i'm in that i take serious or i've been in that league for more than 20 years and Eugenio Suarez was kind of a a, a godsend the last couple of years for me and then so i drafted him again this year along with alec Baum, thinking hey i got the veteran guy and i got the uh, rookie and Suarez is going to qualify as shortstop. What can go wrong? And apparently everything could go wrong. So Baum <laughs> sucks and Suarez has sucked. He's come on a little stronger of late, but still, he's still inconsistent. He's still hitting, uh, I think he's still hitting below 200 still, uh, if memory serves me correctly. So that, that, that's my disappointing third baseman uh, uh, this year so far. Yep. And so my disappointing third baseman, this is another one that I've saw firsthand. Um, he's kind of starting to come back. It looks like trying to getting his feet underneath him, but he's gotten a slow start. So, so far my most disappointing third baseman so far, Matt Chapman of, oh. the, of the Oakland athletics. Um, he's really, he really struggled at the beginning of the year. Um, he wasn't really hitting the ball all that hard. Um, he was not getting on base. He just was struggling mightily. He's coming out of it a little bit. Um, I've been playing him a little bit, and he's been giving me homers in my categories league. So, you know, he's kind of redeeming himself. But overall, Matt Chapman has been really disappointing this year if, from a fantasy sense. Um, and going back to, uh, let's see, going back to shortstops, I finally found uh, Francisco Lindor. In terms of Fangraph's war, Francisco Lindor is, is 14th among, um, throughout all of MLB shortstops with a 1.3 war. <laughs> uh, How much did he get paid? $300 million or whatever? Yeah, shortstops like Freddie Galvis and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa are above him at the moment. So, yeah, that's the disappointing season that he's having. Um, so, yeah, moving on from the infield, we're going to go to the outfield. Do you want to name all three of your disappointing outfielders all at the same time? Sure. I just – I'm making sure. So, okay, so I want to go back to your Matt Chapman uh, pick. Okay. Matt, in, in, the, in our fan tracks league for the uh, Baseball Life Facebook group, mm -hmm. Matt Chapman has not only been dropped once but twice. He's been picked up three times already. Oh, so, so maybe third time's the charm for, who, for whoever picked him up. Uh, Sean picked him up in our league, so he's, oh. uh, yeah, he's, he's banking in on that. 
I still uh, have him on my bench, so I'm still kind of hopeful. I, he's the one that I'm holding. I'm like, he's Matt Chapman. He's got to turn it around, right? Yeah. So, we'll All right, the outfielders. I got Lourdes Gurriel Jr., which I did not understand the hype when he came into the season. I don't understand the hype now. And I, 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 I did a double take. I looked at his numbers. I looked at it closer. Maybe I'm missing something, and apparently I'm not missing anything. He just sucks, all right? I don't, <laughs> but the reason he's on my list, even though I knew that he was going to be this bad, is that I still, based on what the rumblings were at the beginning of the season and how everybody else had him ranked, I, think, I thought I you know, would play it safe and rank him at number 20 as my 20th outfielder. Mm-hmm. That's a starting outfielder right there. And I, I didn't draft him in any of my leagues, and this is why, because I knew this was going to happen. He's just too much of a free swinger. Um, I don't know if he even has an approach to speak of, so that's why he's in there. Ian Happ, major disappointment. After the season that he had last year, uh, I was expecting big things from him this year, especially as a Cubs fan. And to see the fall from grace that he's had this season, uh, being uh, I ranked him as my 33rd best outfielder, which, again, if you really think of it in terms of most leagues, you need three outfielders. So that'd be 36 outfielders that automatically have to be drafted. And Ian Happ would be a starting outfielder, you know, at, on the back end, but still starting outfielder. And he's right now, I don't even know if, you, if you're justified to keeping him around in your roster at this point. And the last guy, Marcel Ozuna, big time numbers last year, got the big contract. Uh, and aside from the domestic uh, violence issues that are very disturbing to hear and read about, he wasn't doing that well anyway. Now that I say that out loud, I want, I'm wondering if, if, uh, if the, uh, the home stuff with his wife had anything to do with his struggles. But whatever the case is, he wasn't posting anything, and now we're not even going to see him uh, redeem himself at this point at, at this season. So, exactly. so those are my three outfielders right there. Yeah, I think especially Ozuna is probably one of the biggest fall from graces um, this season um, because he was poised to be one of the probably elite premier hitters in terms of the outfield, and he's nowhere to be found anymore. So, yeah, really, really (laughs) disappointing. Um, So, mine, um, my most disappointing uh, fantasy seasons for outfielders. Um, My first one is solely because he's been marketed as one of the best hitters in baseball for the last couple seasons now. And to his standards, he's kind of having a mediocre season. This player is 16th in all outfielders in, um, in terms of fan, in terms of fan war with a 1.9. I have Juan Soto as one of the disciplines. Oh my God. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, He's not producing the power. He doesn't. He has nine home runs, and it's just with what he was marketed as and where he was supposed to be drafted. It's his numbers. His production is kind of disappointing. Because you gotta be he, patient, man. So, good things are coming. Good things are coming. You'll good see. Things are coming. I don't have him in any of in any of my leagues. I didn't get to him. So I mean. You fantasy owners that have Juan Soto, Felipe says to hold out hope for Juan Soto. I would hold out hope for Juan Soto too, just because he's so young and we know he's that good of a hitter. So we'll see. But right now, and, and as a Juan Soto uh, owner, I I'm not only saying this, but I'm also practicing it. I mean, you can't go wrong with a 3.93 on base percentage. I know that the counting stats aren't there, which is what's important in fantasy baseball, especially in traditional leagues because of the home runs, RBI runs. But, man, 393 on base percentage in any league format, that should travel. That should produce uh, anywhere you go. So just be patient, tranquilo, calm down. It's not the end of the world. 
it's, it's one of those guys you just plug in, you set it and forget it. You'll be fine. Yeah. So another outfielder that I have, um, he kind of had a disappointing season last year. Um, he was kind of marketed to maybe have a bounce back season this year. And it seems like he has not, he's not even in the top 30 and fan graphs war is Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, you're killing me here. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's not even in the top 30 in fan graphs war. I mean, he was hurt. Oh, Come on. <laughs> so I have Christian Yelich, And then you and I both agree. Ian Happ. Um, I drafted Ian Happ. Um, and I was very disappointed. I dropped him quick, fast and in a hurry because I could see there was just no writing that ship. Um, so yeah, I mainly, you know, got him for like the stolen bases type of thing. And he wasn't producing anything for me. He was more of a detriment to me. So I got rid of him really quickly. So uh, Juan Soto is on my, my fan tracks league, right? In that keeper league that I have with the baseball life guys, Henry, Sean, all those guys. Right. Uh, Christian Yelich has a soft spot in my heart because he's in my points league. The, the league I was just telling you about, the one that I've been a part of for 20 years. And Christian Yelich has been a mainstay for me for almost – almost 10 years now i had him since he was just a minor league prospect and i have a i'm attached to the guy i can't help it uh it's gonna take a king's ransom to get him off my hands uh and you know christian yelich did get hurt he has noticeably less at bats than everybody else uh, at left field but right now because we do left field center field right field in that league he's one two three four five six seven eight eighth overall with a 423 on base percentage again I know not, nobody cares about on-base percentage in traditional leagues, but a 423 on-base percentage should travel well. The same advice I'm going to give you to the, the, the Juan Soto owners, I'm going to give to the Christian Yelich owners. As a Christian Yelich owner myself, good things are coming your way. Trust me on that one. All right. So there you go. You heard it from Felipe. Hold on to Juan Soto and Christian Yelich. It's going to come around. The OBP seems to be the telling stat here. <laughs> uh, let's go to DH. Uh, who is so basically an extra batter? Yeah, extra batter, utility spot. Yeah. yeah, basically the utility spot. Who is your most disappointing extra batter DH? So this could be any batter. This was uh, uh, this was hard. This was really hard uh, to deal with. Um, but the one the one that kind of stuck out, and it's because of that stupid ass Yankee premium that that these players have, these Yankee players have. Because number one, there's so many Yankee fans out there, and they're all big time homers, even though they like to pretend that they're smarter than the average fan. <laughs> and 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 you know dealing with guys like vince henry listen here so those are them, them are fighting words <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but also i mean i, I deal with, as you know the the life groups the, the the groups that we help admin i deal with those guys on a daily basis so all offseason i heard about from henry from vince from randy and, and roberto martinez all those yankee fans that are part of our admin our moderating team mm -hmm. oh watch out for clint frazier watch out for clint frazier and I, and I just looked at it, and I looked at the Yankee roster. I'm like, man, there's just too many off-fielders. I don't know if he's going to get enough playing time. And they all assured me there's no way he's going to get all the playing time. Because, number one, these Yankee guys are going to get hurt. Stanton's going to get hurt. Aaron Hicks is going to get hurt. Aaron Judge is going to get hurt. He's going to get playing time. Don't worry about it. And even, he, even if he's a part-time player, he's going to post numbers because he's that good of a hitter. He's a, he's a, he's a, he has a very good hit tool. And, and he's just, a, a, you know, whatever. You know, they're hyping him up. And I, against my own wishes, I put him as my 36th best outfielder coming to the season. As I mentioned, 36 outfielders, that's three outfielders for, on a 12-team 12 uh, 12-team league. That's, that's a starting outfielder right there, even though he's going to be uh, for part-time duty. You got to like the upside. You got to like the fact that he's on a very good team. And if these Yankee fans are right, Brett Gardner shouldn't be a threat to him because he's just going to be the fifth or sixth outfielder at best. Wrong! 
<laughs> wrong. Brett Gardner taking up all the plate appearances that he can, that he can take from these young Yankee guys. Uh, Miguel Andujar also stepping in for some ungodly reason, playing left field or whatever. And that leaves Clint Frazier out in the dark. But even when he does play, he, he's not very good. So, so that's a disappointing right there, as you can tell. Yeah, you are. That is, you, uh, you <laughs> put him through the ringer. Wow. Um, so Yankee fans are going to be very happy with that. And I don't think Yankee fans are going to be very happy with me either because I also went with another Yankee. Um, I didn't go with your Yankee, but I did go with another Yankee basically because he's been marketed. Everybody knows about this guy's defensive woes, but everybody has been saying with his offensive prowess, the defense doesn't matter. Well, it's proving that it matters now. Um, I have Gary Sanchez. As, oh, you're, you're killing me here. <laughs> so I have Gary Sanchez as a disappointing because, you know, when you're looking for in uh, when you're looking for a catcher, you're looking for an offensive catcher. So you know that's why everybody lo- was coveting the Real Mutos, the you know, and the Yasmani Grandals, the Salvador Perez's, you know, people like that. And I feel like Sanchez was one of those highly regarded catchers. And this year, in terms of Fangraph's war, he's 10th. He's at a 1.4 Fangraph's war. He's got a 230 average, which is okay. That's, that's, that's all right for, uh, you know, a power hitting catcher like he is. He's got it's higher than Sean Murphy's. I could tell you that much. It's higher than Sean. Sean Murphy is fourth in Fangraph's war. No, but in terms of batting average, it's Gary oh, Sanchez has a higher batting average than Sean points. Murphy. Five points. Sean Murphy has a 225. Oh, it's a 225 now. He's, he's got a 225 batting average. Okay. Um, so, I mean, for what he was marketed as, I feel like this is underwhelming. So I No, have- no, no, no. Here's what happened here. All right, hold on a minute here. Uh, okay, I'm just making sure. Okay, so five points, you're right. Uh, Fantrax has it at seven point difference between batting averages. But what Gary Sanchez has, according to Fantrax, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Gary Sanchez has a 337 on base percentage, which is not the best, but it's for a catcher that you'll take it compared to Sean Murphy, who's at 320. Yeah. And if you paid attention to a lot of the experts uh, who do this for a living, you know, I'm just a. I'm just a part-timer. I don't do this regularly. I just do it once a week and sometimes uh, with you and on the baseball group, whatever. But Gary Sanchez dropped to like 10th overall in terms of catcher. I had him ranked number seven, but that's because I absolutely love Gary Sanchez and I wanted to make sure that I picked him up in, in all my leagues. I only picked him up in the Fantrax league, but he's been coming on of late. And I know that the numbers are not, the, the, the year-to-date numbers are not very sexy, but if I look at the last 30 days, and I'm just going to wait for this thing to load, Gary Sanchez has been hitting 268 with a 350 on base percentage, eight home runs, 17 RBI, uh, has a, 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 point, a, a 0.5 walk to strikeout ratio. So for every two strikeouts, he's walking at least once. It's nine, nine walks versus 18 strikeouts. I think he's figuring things out slowly but surely. And all the Yankee fans who were very high on the, uh, on the backup catcher, what's his name? Um, Oh, it's a Japanese Higishioka? kid. I'm sorry, what was that? Higishioka? Yeah, they were already talking about, oh, let's just have him start and just trade, bench, demote Gary Sanchez. You're not hearing from those guys anymore, are you? Huh? Worse than Sanchez. <laughs> That's exactly right. And all of a sudden, those Yankee fans who wanted that to happen, nowhere to be found. They shut the hell up is what they did because they just realized, you know what? The little Bambino isn't that bad after all. <laughs> but but yeah, Sean doesn't like him either. But I think that's more because he's a Mets fan. 
he won't admit to it though but I, probably so. that's probably <laughs> uh all right let's let's move away from batters and let's round up our pitchers who is your most disappointing starting pitcher and uh, oh your gary sanchez was your dh sorry about that gary sanchez was my dh oh wow so you got two catchers in there wow okay so uh disappointing pitcher and this one really hurts as well uh, they, these all hurt you know luis castillo uh was one of my top 10 starting pitchers. The, 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 the pitcher who you can't go wrong with this guy. He's always going to produce type of pitcher. You know, I sound like a Billy, Billy Eilish song. So he's a bad <laughs> guy. Want to be a tough guy. Uh, where was he? Yeah. Top 10 over Sonny Gray on his own team. Uh, Sonny Gray, I had ranked number 19, but number 10 was Luis Castillo. He was my Cy Young award winner in the off season. Wow. Really? That's how much I love it. It's his time or no time, I said to myself. He's going to move up those rankings. You'll see. You'll see. The changeup is on point or on fleek like the kids from like five years ago used to say. And it's been awful. Just if you're a Luis Castillo owner, you're in for a really bad time. Um, it's just one thing after another that's just completely gone wrong for the guy, which really sucks. He's a very talented starting pitcher. Yeah. It's just been a very disastrous 2021 season for him. So I also have Luis Castillo as my most disappointing starting pitcher. Right. Um, but I am a Luis Castillo owner. I drafted him in one of my leagues. And I was thinking about dropping him a while ago. And I don't know. There was some, I read some articles and I was talking to people and they said, keep a hold of him. He's a late starter. This happens all the time. His second half will be better. Uh, and not all well, the time. In my categories league, the last couple times I've started him because he's been against some um, he's been against some mediocre offenses, some not so great offenses, and he's posted some pretty good numbers for me for my categories league. So I'm still holding out hope for Luis Castillo, but I agree his he had a he's been he's had a disastrous season so far. But his last couple starts have been promising. The last so, five weeks in my points league, he's gone double digits. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's been productive. He's just gone double digits, right? Which is better than the single digits or in some cases the negative points he's been posting in our points league. Uh, but yeah, uh, against the Padres, six strikeouts, three walks, gave out three on runs, but he went six and a third in, in six and one third inning, dropping his ERA to 5.08. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of games where he's posted more than six strikeouts, seven back-to-back-to-back uh, -to -back -to -back seven strikeout performances against very tough teams. I know you mentioned cupcake teams, but the Padres twice, the Milwaukee Brewers twice. We just mentioned how good the Brewers are this year. Uh, the Cardinals once uh, back on June 4th, five strikeouts, one walk. Gave up a home run, but that was his only earned run. Got the 24 points and the big 24 points in my points league. So, yeah, there's a lot of hope for him. But, boy, oh, boy, it's really tough to watch. And if you're an owner for Luis Castillo, you're kind of stuck with him. You're yeah. in for the long haul. Yep. You can't trade him. You're not going to get fair value for him. Okay. Not even, you know. And, and you can't drop him because as much as people like to talk mad about Luis Castillo and how awful he is, you know that if he gets on waivers, he's going to be one of the first people who gets picked up right away. Exactly. So you kind of have to hold out hope and hope that the trend is moving upwards in the right direction. So yeah. I feel for you, man. That sucks for you. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's been all right for me in my categories league for his last couple starts. Um, he's kind of helped me pull out some wins. So there you we'll, go. we'll see how it goes. Um, so relief, let's go to relief pitching. Your most disappointing relief pitcher. You're not going to like mine, but go ahead. <laughs> Has to be Amir Garrett. I mean, he talks a big game. He looks the part. He looks, uh, intimidating. He has that big, nasty blazing fastball with that. I think he throws a slider to compliment it. If I remember correctly, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but whatever. It's Amir Garrett. And for all the, you know, 
the bigger than life personality, the big talk, the the intimidation, the factor that he puts out there in the ninth inning for the well, I don't even know if you're the Reds, would you trust him to put him in the ninth inning? Amir Garrett has been a major disappointment. Whether you're talking traditional numbers or the advanced stats, he there's no way to justify it. He's he's been brutal to. I'm okay if you have Amir Garrett. I'm okay with you cutting him right now because it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. And that's the reason why the Reds have been, uh, they've been picking it up lately, but they are a major disappointment. Sean, my podcast partner had him as the number one team coming out of that division. And they're barely just now making it number two. So uh, currently at the, I think they're in second place in that division right now. Yes. Yes, they are. Cause the Cubs have just been so bad, but yeah. uh, no, it's not because of Garrett. I can tell you that much. I think it's a battle of second place, pretty much. I think the Brewers are going to run away with it, and then it's just going to be who's not sucking at the end of the year. (laughs) So, you know, I think, yeah, I really don't think there's going to be any competition in that division. Um, I kind of agree with you, Amir Garrett, or I do agree with you. Amir Garrett has had a very disappointing season. But another player (laughs) that you're not going to like because he's on your team – He's on your team with the new fantasy uh, league that both of us are in. Um, I have a role as Chapman as disappointing <laughs> season so far. And I mean, it, it may be recency bias with his latest blowups that he has had. I mean, just some catastrophic blow that, that game tying grand slam to Jared Walsh, which was so satisfying for me to see. I was so excited when I saw that. Um, but I mean, he has a, I believe his ERA I'm looking for it right now. His ERA, I believe, is over four at the moment. And he's just – he ha- and at the – I believe I saw a stat somewhere in May. I believe it was at the end of May his ERA was zero or close to zero. Mm-hmm. And now his ERA is uh, – I believe it's over four. It's in the threes. I can't seem to find him at the moment. But, um, yeah. Yeah, he, he's been – his this last month and a half or so has been very disappointing for Aroldis Chapman um, and the back end of that bullpen for the Yankees. What do you have to say about that? I'm okay with that. Uh, I, well, I, I am, and I'm not – based on recency bias, and I didn't realize his ERA was that high. He's at 471 according to fan graphs. Uh, but, but Aroldis Chapman to me is just one of those guys, you just set him and you just forget about him. But, yeah, unless he – what's the bet like he did this past week against your angels and i forgot who the other team was that he uh got yeah, torched he, by he did it twice this week i don't remember the other one though yeah so the problem here is that he's always had control issues for as good as that fastball is and that wicked slider that complements it he's always had issues keeping the ball in the strike zone yeah. uh he has a uh, not a career high but it's a pretty damn high walk per nine even among relief pitchers at 6.28 so it's it's more uh it's more out of control than usual. Uh, velocity has gone down the last few years. He no longer is averaging a 100 mile per hour fastball. It's now sitting at 98, 99, which, oh, wow, one mile per hour difference, whatever. But hey, sometimes that's all it takes to notice that big of a difference. Uh, ex- well, and that, it is that big of a difference, especially when you're a flamethrower like Chapman and yeah. you're, you know, everybody's used to 101, 102 coming out of your hand, and now you're throwing 99. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's going to probably look like a basketball, you know, coming <laughs> at you, you know, when you're used to or Chapman throwing 101, 100, you know, pretty consistently. So. Wow. I didn't realize he was at one four. I didn't realize his whip was bad. His, 
I didn't realize that. I, you know, again, I just assume that Chapman's okay. Uh, no one has said anything about it. I think people are just kind of waiting for him to kind of write the ship. Uh, but yeah, even the stack has numbers show him as just getting obliterated by these hitters. Uh, the exit velocity is higher than usual. The hard hit rate is a career high in the StatCast era, which for him started in 2015. Uh, barrel rate is way up there as well. So even the uh, even though the advanced ERAs like Sierra and uh, uh, XFIP kind of have hope for him, and even the expected ERA, which is more of a StatCast number, I mean, field independent pitching thing is saying, no, this is him. This is him. This is who he is. Uh, so get used to it. So it just depends which ERA you want to trust. Uh, but um, no, I, I'd be concerned if I'm a, if I'm a Chapman, like I am. <laughs> I'm not going to bench him. I'm not going to trade him anytime soon because I actually do believe that he can write the ship. But if you don't have that kind of patience, if you're kind of like jittery like that, uh, yeah, it might, might be time to be uh, to worry there. So he might also be in the same boat as Luis Castillo. You know, as soon as somebody drops Roldis Chapman, they're going to pick him up because he's a Roldis. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, even if they're just going to stuff him on the bench, they're going to wait for him to write it, and then you're kind of out of it once he figures it out again. So, right. you know, so it may be good just to hold on to him just to see maybe at the back half of the season if he kind of writes his ship there. Um, yep. So, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right. Well, that is our most underrated and most disappointing um, fantasy season so far in terms of uh, each position. So uh, thank you for doing that. That was a, that was a lot of work. So thank you. Um, so let's go to the next thing. So we're about what halfway through the um, halfway through the fantasy season, right? It's been about what, 14, 15 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also like two hours in on this podcast. So I don't know how much longer you want to go, but uh, I was just going to tell you, let's just, uh, I was going to, I have reasonings. I know you wanted to talk about what do we do from here on out in terms of yeah, fantasy baseball. Let's, let's do that and then we'll just, and then we'll cut it. Yeah. So really quick, here are my three keys, right? I'm not even going to be too detailed about it. Like I have it on the spreadsheet. That's, I sent it to you earlier today, mm -hmm. but number one, the number one tip, don't give up, you know, keep, keep working that waiver wire, keep making trades, especially if you're in a yearly league, just continue to uh, find improvements. Don't give up on the season. I know it's easy to, Oh, well, it's time for me to focus on fantasy football, which a lot of people do tend to do. Don't do that yet. Uh, crazy things happen. Injuries happen, especially this season. As you know, you're an Angels fan. Injuries will happen, whether you will, uh, want them to or not. Uh, and people will get healthy. People will turn things around, like we talk about Luis Castillo. So don't give up. And the other, the second strategy, make trades. You, you'd be surprised, Austin, how good your team all of a sudden gets just by making trades, even in keeper leagues where I've seen – okay, from personal experience, I've – been trying i've been known to purposely tank right just to get the higher pick like everybody else right it, it, it's it's used in real baseball it's gonna trickle its way to fantasy baseball and i've done trades where like all right well i'm just gonna do this trade just so i can get the higher draft pick or uh, i'll give up my good players but i'll get you know promising players for the future and all of a sudden my team starts winning after making these trades and that's me trying to tank so even in dynasty and keeper leagues, don't give up just yet on this season. I know it's it's so easy to well, I better look for next year because I can't I can't I can't pull my resources for this season. It's okay, it's fine. Get a good player this year and for next year and the draft picks. Get get selfish, get greedy. You never know what to expect with these trades. How these owners are just willing to give up whatever to your demands. Because you, remember, the biggest misconception is if you're a bottom feeding team, you have no leverage. No, you have something of value to these winning teams. You have, you have leverage. Take advantage of it. Don't give up just yet. 
don't 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 be a bottom feeder all your life just be aggressive uh stick to your guns and good things will happen to you finally if you're in a dynasty and keeper league i don't know if you are are you in a keeper or dynasty league there austin or no? uh i am in a keeper league oh okay so you'll this this one will go to you austin prospect watch uh you know a lot of the big time prospects have been taken in keepers and dynasty leagues it's very hard to find anything of uh of notoriety this season but don't fret don't give up today's 32nd best prospect will be tomorrow's number one prospect that's what happened with royce lewis a few years ago uh he was drafted number one overall so he got uh maybe top 50 consideration and then all of a sudden he kept he showed what he was made out of he showed those hit tools that people fell in love with when he was drafted for uh from the twins and the next season he was like number one number two top five so just keep an eye on those prospects and 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 guess what austin a lot of the guys who are top 15 top 20 guess what's happening to them in the minor leagues right now they're struggling so guess what's going to happen to those guys they're going to get demoted or not demoted uh, they're going to get dropped down those lists that people hang their hats on and guess what's going to happen to all those guys who are not getting any attention they're going to get some attention to them and they're going to move up the rankings and suddenly that 25th prospect you have in hand or let's make it more extreme that 79th prospect you have in hand that 101st prospect you have in hand suddenly looks a lot better than some of these other higher end prospects right now we're seeing that this season with jared kalenic and we saw that last season with joe adele oh my those are two good examples two really good examples right there thank you for bringing that up um so yeah these lists are not they're not uh, static they're dynamic and that's why when people make fun of uh well fernando tatis is a really good example he was on no one's radar with the white Sox in terms of the top 100 prospects like he was barely on the top 30 prospects list for the white Sox when he got traded for james shields and i look and then what a year later he gets skyrockets to like top 10 top five and eventually he gets in the number one prospect uh on a lot of these lists and now he's probably the face of baseball. So don't give up. Look out for those minor leaguers. Look out for those high-promising prospects. Because, again, again if, they're that, if they're good, they'll move up those lists. And suddenly, now you have the next best thing on your hands. So right. and those are my three key pieces for the rest of the year. All right. Those are, that's, uh, that's really good advice. Really appreciate your advice. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Man, uh, usually my podcast is about an hour. We've been on for about two um so i mean time flies when you're talking about fantasy baseball and you're having a lot of fun um so um i really appreciate you coming on thanks for uh being my first guest on on the podcast um i couldn't think of anybody else better um and why don't you go ahead and plug your podcast one more time yeah thanks Uh, we're part of the life group podcast so it's a bunch of us and our friends Uh, like i mentioned uh, austin is part of our baseball group on facebook called baseball life we also have other uh groups involved basketball life wrestling life football life uh if you name a sport we probably have a life group for it so we're we're i mean austin can attest to us we're very friendly and we are getting ready to have our first uh, one of our first meetups since the pandemic started uh actually this month uh a few of us are going to meet up uh, for the White Sox game uh, that's coming up soon later in July. I forgot what date it was, but we're coming uh, to uh, join up and link up and, and uh, show that, Hey, just because you have internet friends doesn't mean you can get to hang. doesn't mean you don't have to, you don't get to hang out with them in real life. I'm an example of that. I've met so many people because of these, uh, because, just because of baseball, man, baseball's a wonderful sport. It's an awesome sport. And I've been very fortunate to meet some of the guys out there and we're going to have a big meeting in, in September as well. And, and that's, and, and that's where it starts. And that's where I go live with my buddy, Sean Flannery. 
uh, every Sunday mornings, although our schedule has been pretty hectic of late. But yeah, we'll let you know when we're on live and you can ask your fantasy questions, your baseball general questions. And uh, Sean's very good at breaking down pitchers. So if you have a, a favorite pitcher of your on your team and you're wondering why he's, why he's so awful, Sean will tell you why he's awful almost to, almost to the letter of the T and the, the minute details of it all. He's really good at that. Austin can vouch for him as well as he listens. Um, and I'm pretty sure you take his advice as well because you have to. I know I do. You know, after the show, I go pick up the pictures that he was telling me about. So yeah, I do. I mean, <laughs> I've been known. I've told these. I've told you guys. I've I've been known a couple times to be listening to the podcast, and while you guys are doing the podcast, I go up and pick up whoever you guys are talking about. It's the, really the only way to listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that and we're on spotify we're on apple we're on youtube we're uh we're on all the major podcast formats stitcher is the other one that we're on uh and you can just look up the life group podcast and that's you'll you'll check out our other podcast dong city the step back which is our basketball podcast the audible which is the football life podcast the workshoot podcast which is the wrestling one and of course my podcast with sean total basis podcast where we uh try i i i try my best uh, austin to kind of uh could join the real the real baseball with the fantasy baseball and just put them together. Worlds collide every think, uh, time we're out. I think you guys do a very good job with that. I think um, Thank you. you and Sean both are very thorough with, okay, he's struggling fantasy and here's why in real life. You know, so I think you guys do a really, really good job with that. And I mean, just overall in the baseball life group, I really enjoy it. I was looking for you know, it's really hard when you know as much about baseball as I do and as, as we do, you know, it's really hard to talk about it with the average Joe because people just start looking at you funny. So, yeah. guys, you know, these, these people on the group are really very knowledgeable and they're very friendly. So I wholeheartedly agree. But um, I recommend you go listen to Sean and Felipe's um, podcast. And if you are a baseball fan, basketball fan, whatever, you're just curious – join the life groups it's really quick you mentioned you wanted to talk about stories but we didn't get to it but here's but yeah i wholeheartedly agree if you talk baseball to any stranger on the on the street and, and you decide you go beyond the 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 uniforms you know the the what do they call it the you're rooting for the laundry if you go beyond that it, the puzzle faces on these uh, 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 these average casual fans is just pretty funny. I remember that uh, I was talking to a fellow Cubs fan, and, and he was, "Oh man, this this team, this is this is like right at the pre at the beginning of Theo Epstein's uh, tenure here in Chicago. And, oh, this team is awful. They got nobody. They're never gonna win this World Series." And I go, "Oh man, but you gotta be hopeful for that for that farm system. There's Javier Baez, there's Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo's coming up soon. Uh, all these guys, man, you'll see that things are gonna turn around. This dude who I just." He, the only reason he talked to me is because I'm wearing a Cubs t-shirt. And he's looking at me like, what, what, what effing planet are you from? What the hell are you talking about? Farm? <laughs> what, what, they, they grow crops or something? Who the hell's Javier Baez? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. But, you know, if you're a hardcore baseball fan. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a hardcore baseball fan. There's no way you're putting up with two hours of this or, or with Austin, what, you go an hour and some change where yeah. you talk about baseball by yourself. There's no way you're listening to this if you're not a hardcore baseball fan. Join our damn group. You'll you'll love it. And we could use smart baseball. We could always use smart baseball fans like you, the listener, are listening to it right now. Agreed. All right. Well, that concludes this episode of the Around Trippers podcast. Thank you, Felipe, for coming on. And for my special guest, Felipe Melicio, I am Austin Spiro. And until next time, thank you very much. We'll see you next time. <laughs>